Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 95 of your bi-weekly trophy hunting show, your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show, and we are five away from episode 100, which is absolutely bonkers. It's kind of blowing my mind. Each and every time we do this, and I'm announcing, I get freaked out a little bit. So welcome to the show. I'm joined by, of course, my two lovely co-hosts. We're going to start with the quad machine, the forklift certified, <laughs> the gets wrecked in magic, the good taste in music, tall Samoan guy. How you doing tonight, Daryl? Doing all right. I'm doing all right. What do you think? You like those? <laughs> I don't. Uh, you got to go back to the one before this episode. I thought those were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, my uh, I was running out of ideas this time, dude. I got to be honest with you. So I was going with recency bias, but it's tough. The pre- now that we've set the precedent, I have to do that each time. It's, oof. You know what I'm saying? I think I do. I mean, there's there's probably some bias in there because I, I did get wrecked a few nights ago when we played Magic, and it's bringing up some some saltiness. <laughs> Colin, I don't know if you're prepared for this, but I actually gave you some names as well. Oh, so dude, run them by you let's go! That's amazing. That's amazing. You want to do it right now? Right, you want to you want to razz me? You do it. Yeah, let's run it. Let's okay. See if it hit or miss. Okay. All right. We got the bronze enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Second, we got uh, Jack Baker's favorite crush. Ooh, ooh, okay, okay. And then we got finally the Goad Master, not the Load Master, because Slugger has taken that name. But we got the Goad Master. Oh my gosh, that one I love. If I could get a tattoo of that on my lower back, I'd do it. <laughs> so it's pretty good that this has been brought up because this is all kind of like going back to how you know colin and i you know we we've mentioned we played magic before and we have some very good times as we play but <laughs> last couple nights you know the last game that we played was not that fun because let me get some context in this and it'll explain why colin's laughing like a little girl over there. Um, yes so magic's cool you know there's decks you can kind of tailor to your play style. So for me, I like to I like to play with zombies. So zombies kind of gives me a ton of advantage. You know, I can draw cards. I can build a big army that I can just direct at my enemies, which is pretty cool. But Colin, Colin has a deck that is so powerful sometimes that it makes it unfair for other people. So he has a mechanic in his deck that's called Goad. So he can make a creature from another player fight another player, but the creature that was goaded cannot attack him, <laughs> which is fun for him because he can just have everybody fight each other and he will just be unscathed the whole time. So Colin loves playing that deck. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's causing mayhem with the whole board. And it's fun for him, but it's miserable for everybody else. <laughs> but, okay, but the thing is, though, it usually doesn't win. You know what I mean? Like, it was unusual, I must admit, for the deck to be playing well. I think it's because we just had three players, and in four-player mode, it's not as good. Because I can only goad, like, so many opponents or whatever. So someone ends up being able to just fuck me up always. But in three-player, it worked out, worked out quite well. It did. It did. It was fun, but it was definitely a bit annoying at the beginning games. Oh, but, yeah. Um, 
Oh my gosh. You know? <laughs> that first game was like just looked not fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the shoot. guy who won the first game. Well, I'm just saying your... go ahead. Go ahead. Do you shoot your goad too early in the first game or basically like it was like third or fourth turn in and Daryl was already like, Alright, well I think <laughs> that's it for this game, basically. Like, let's just go next or whatever. Um which is never fun. Like because for context, like sometimes the games can take like up to an hour or more if you're equally matched and like lots of stuff is happening but if like one person takes over it can end them in like you know like 10 or 15 minutes sometimes it's pretty wild but uh yeah it's good times good times appreciate you coming over sir and i do like those nicknames they're way better than mine for this week like not even close not even close uh so thank you sir okay we're also joined by another co-host you guys missed him or maybe you didn't but you probably did we're joined by the wonderful slugger jd how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm back. He's back, everybody. That's I right. I got no nicknames. Well, we, I hadn't said, dude. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't want another. <laughs> I don't want another one to do. Oh, it'll All right, be, you know what? It'll be like I'm, since since yeah. Daryl doesn't appreciate it. I'm gonna take the forklift certified one because I am certified. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna run with that. Ladies love the forklift certification. Do they really? That's interesting. I don't know. I just I always see memes about being forklift certified. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Uh, I am not forklift certified, so you got me there. I think it's a compliment. You know, I meant it as a compliment, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, it's because and be, not only that, like Daryl is known for being a really great driver at our place of work, right? They trust him to do like important stuff very often with forklifts. So it's like, you know, that's a good thing, bro. That's a that's a rare thing. You know what I'm saying? You get to lift with metal arms. You don't have to lift with your actual arms. Or with it's a win-win in my book. Right. Or with the tiny quads. You know, you can't lift the, with tiny or quads. Those quads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> anyway, welcome <laughs> to the show, sir. How was your uh, vacation of of late? You were gone for a few weeks there. Yeah, it was good. I'll give you a load on. You know, I'll give you the high point of the trip, and I'll give you guys the lowest point of the trip. Okay. Um. So we went home up to new york all of our family is lives in this tiny ass town outside of buffalo new york in between buffalo and rochester and we normally we try to get up there every year during labor day and we like labor day because it's not as crazy as like thanksgiving and christmas and all the other major holidays and me and my wife both get four day weekends on labor day for the days we don't have to worry about like taking time off so we were really up there just to see family my brother-in-law had his first child while we were there which was cool um, wow that's awesome so we kind of planned going a little bit later than that because we did go a bit later than labor day so that was a little different but the high point of the trip we normally go up there and we just so my parents are divorced my wife's parents are divorced so there's effectively four families that we need to like split time between and it's a nightmare so even though we're up there for like 10 to 12 days at a time we maybe only get like two to three good days with each family Mm. um and that can be a little frustrating but we did something different this time because normally it's just visiting and hanging out and nothing special we went to a buffalo bills home opener game uh if you've seen me in the discord i don't know if i've ever talked about it in the show but i'm a (laughs) diehard (laughs) diehard bills fan and it's a lot of fun because growing up they were the worst they were the worst team couldn't figure shit out. We had a playoff 
drought or held the record for the longest playoff drought for a while. There's oh, other shit. teams that hold it now, but so you guys were like pretty dookie. You guys were like bad. I had no idea. I didn't really follow any like football as a kid other than just watching Packer games. So I like never knew oh, the context horrible. of like other other teams, you know. Yeah. So we we're our team was always rotating uh coaches and quarterbacks. And um yeah, so they're good now. So we went to the home opener. We had a blast. We ended up parking in some dude's backyard and paid him 20 bucks and we parked in his backyard and tailgated with a bunch of other people who decided that was a good idea to park in his backyard <laughs> went to the game we were like five rows off the field like we we splurged for this game mm-hmm. leaving the game we saw one of the players driving out which was really cool our if you're a football fan you'll know him von miller uh he's a big really famous defensive player i'm trying to keep it casual for the non-football fans sure sure but he got injured last year, so he goes to the games, and it was a big injury, but he still goes to the games, watches the team. Uh, he should be coming back any time now, but he, you know, we're walking out of the stadium. We're having a freaking blast because the team kicked ass that day. And then this, like, dark truck rolls by, and all the, like, super fans who go to every game obviously know it's his truck. We don't know that. Mm. And everyone, like, swarms this truck like fangirls. Like, Vaughn, Vaughn, it's Vaughn Miller. I look at my wife. I was like, are they yelling that's Vaughn Miller? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And I'm like, should we go over there? And she's like, I don't know. I don't want to be like an asshole. I was like, no, like, we don't need to bug him. But like, go peek your head over there. See if that's him. (laughs) And she like walks over and turns and looks at me like wide eyed. She's like, like, that's him, man. Yeah. She's like, it's him. I was like, have him sign your jersey. Like over. And she's like, no, I feel bad. So we, she ended up not going. We didn't actually go see him. Or talk to him because uh, oh. you could kind of tell he was pretty annoyed with his truck getting surrounded. So we're like, we'll just we'll be the cool fans. and We'll hang back and just watch from a distance. Um, I respect that because I feel like I always tell myself that I would like do the same where it's like, I don't think I would yeah. go up to someone. I don't know if I could if I could handle the pressure of that interaction. Like, what do you actually say to that person? Unless you're in like a line or something to get something signed, like at a convention, where you have a much more planned. I'm gonna go up. They're gonna sign this thing. I'll have like a two seconds to say hi. I'm a big fan or whatever, and then you move on, right? But like to go yeah. up to someone in a different setting than that, it's like what? What do you? What do I say? Like, hey, what's going? On? You know what's going on, <laughs> man? Like, I don't know, Daryl. Would you go up to someone if you saw a famous person? Like, would you go try to get an autograph or something? I don't know, man. I think I would just be starstruck. Like, I'm actually seeing this person in real life and not on the phone or a TV screen. I think I would just keep it cool and be like, I saw the person. That's all I need. Like, that was good enough. Right. Have Have you encountered, like, have you seen a famous person before? Um, I think when I went to the Staples Center one time, years ago, I saw Ice Cube in person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. That's pretty badass. Hell yeah. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, go ahead. I, I love the idea of like, like, oh, I, w- I would talk to them but still be respectful. And then I wasn't really starstruck, but like in that moment, all I could, like just seeing the, how annoyed he was, the look on his face, I was like, I don't, I don't want to add to the chaos. Because I know if that was me, I would be annoyed. Like, I'm just trying to beat traffic and get home. Like, this is just a job for me. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, he's and, trying to go uh, relax and play some video games, dude. He's trying to get home and pop trophies. Yeah, right? I think he does stream games, which is kind of cool sometimes. It's cool. 
my wife yelled go bills at him he gave her a thumbs up we were happy with that perfect so that was the high point and what was nice was that kicked off the trip the rest of the trip was great bouncing between the families it's always a good time being home and then coming home was a disaster so i have a four-year-old daughter two-year-old son i've spoken about them a lot on this show flying with kids for the most part isn't as bad as like you would make it out to be there's a lot of ways to like cheat it like we had probably 50 lollipops in our carry-on bag it probably looked ridiculous going through the scanner hell yeah um but it's like if we if the kids act out we're like we're ready to go just feed them sugar we don't care if their teeth rot we need them to stay quiet because we're not going to be those people on the plane coming home we were supposed to leave at noon and then land back home in Arkansas around 4.30 in the afternoon. So it's going to be like a pretty short day. And that, I guess, a five and a half hour day because there's a time change in there. As we're loading up the car to go, I'm like literally putting my son in his car seat. And I get a text saying, hey, your flight's an hour delayed. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, we only have like an hour and a half layover in Atlanta. If we delay any more, I don't think we can make it. Like 30 minutes is already kind of crunch time with two kids. Especially if you've ever flown through Atlanta, like it's one of those ones where they have like four or five, six terminals and you got to take a train between the different terminals. So I'm already kind of sketched out about the the 30 minute layover that we now have. But we're like, whatever, let's press. We'll try. Right. Um, we get to the airport, go up to the gate and we're supposed to now load at like one fifteen. And I'm watching uh, my phone, watching the time. One fifteen happens, there's no movement. Okay. And then we get to like one thirty. no movement of people, no movement of agents at the gate. There's no agents there, actually. <laughs> and then finally it updates. The little board updates, and it's like, now loading at like 2 p.m. And I'm like, all right, so we're definitely missing our layover. Right. That's, uh, that happened. Um, so we missed our first layover in this initial delay. Oh, such a horrible feeling. Uh, God damn. Yeah. You know Luckily, the day is going to get infinitely more complicated right away. You're like, well, yep. <laughs> this is it. Yep, here we go. Like, we're, we're in for something now. Even though they ruined my day, it was pretty cool because uh, we flew with Delta. They texted me almost immediately, and they're like, oh, our system has detected that you aren't going to have time to make your connection. We've auto-rebooked you to this flight. And they gave me all the flight details. I didn't have to do anything. I was like in line to go talk to an agent. And I got this text. And I was like, oh, sweet. It's done, I guess. So we got pushed to 5.30. Or our new our new layover was 5.30. So I'm like, all right, that's an extra hour and a half. We pretty much just got our initial layover time back. I'm happy with this. We board the plane. Things are looking swell. And then they're not. The whole plane's seated. No safety briefs are coming. Things are just quiet on the plane. We're sitting. We've been on the plane for maybe like 30, 40 minutes. Okay. And finally, the pilot speaks up and he's like, "Yeah, so sorry for the delay. Uh, our fuel quantity gauge is out. Um, so we need to do special procedures when we refuel the plane. Uh, this shouldn't take too much longer. We should be going here in like five or ten minutes." And I'm like, oh no, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, and I it's look, happening. I look out the window and I see six maintenance workers all standing in a circle underneath the wing, and they're all. Everyone's just looking up at the wing. The pilot's out there. He's not. The pilot's not even on the phone. He's out under the wing on his phone, and uh, he's out there talking, talking. Comes back in like 20 minutes later, and he's like, 
Yeah, so this crew doesn't know uh, how to do this procedure. So we're on the phone <laughs> right now with like, you know, the plane engineers and they're walking them through it. So it's going to be a little bit longer. And then we got to wait for forms. So just hang in there, folks. And then like silence for another like 45 minutes. My kids are sleeping at this point. They were supposed to be sleeping on the actual flight right. not while we're stuck on the ground. <laughs> so I'm starting to panic because we're running out of our our second layover time and um the oh next God. flight out of atlanta to come back to arkansas was 11 o'clock at night yeah the pilot finally comes back up and he says hey we got the fuel done uh but they uh did the forms wrong so now we gotta wait for them to correct the forms they correct the forms then we taxi out to the runway and we were like you know, we're held short right before the runway, about to turn onto the runway, and the pilot says, eh, we're having a computer issue up here. We need to shut the engines down and turn turn the plane off, turn it back on again. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, everything that could go wrong is going wrong today. I was so frustrated. Right. I shut the plane down, turn it back on. We finally fly and take off, and I'm like, I don't even know what's going to happen at this point. We're going into Atlanta with no layover. We land. They did the auto rebooking thing, but of course, like I said... The last flight we could catch was the 11 p.m. to home, or 11 p.m. to um, Arkansas. Luckily, yeah. there was yeah, it's Arkansas. Luckily, there was room on that flight for us to go. But then there was now we're in Atlanta with like a five-hour layover. Half of that layover time is like past the kids' bedtime, and uh, we somehow survived. I don't know how we did it, but <laughs> oh my god, the kids busy. The kids were wired as soon as we got in the plane. At 11 o'clock, and the kids sat down, and they were knocked out. Awesome. And then we carried them out of the airport when we got home, because we didn't land until about midnight. Carried them out of the airport, grabbed our bags out of uh, you know, the baggage terminal. They stayed asleep through the whole thing. Like, we carried two sleeping kids from the airplane to the car, buckled them in, and they slept all the way from the car to my house to their bed. So it did kind of work out, but it was, like, supposed to be this nice, easy four-hour day, and it turned into a, like, 12-plus-hour day. God. extremely frustrating yeah jesus fuck i'll tell you what i would have been losing my cool right there there's no way <laughs> i re i already I think... am a nervous flyer so like having to spend like that many hours flying is slash traveling i'm like dude god damn it anyway what are you saying yes so we were on the ground for about three hours i know i kind of jumbled times there telling the story but it was about three hours total on the ground delayed before we took off and the whole time i'm sitting there thinking like can you just let us back into the airport Right. But like once you're on the plane, you can't leave it. Ah, okay. Um, I don't know if you've heard those horror stories of like people getting stuck on the plane for like seven or eight hours. Like that's oh, what yeah. I felt like. Yeah. Well, they maybe need to reevaluate that decision of whatever regulation yeah. it says that you can't get off once you get on there. I think maybe when you've still only been in like taxiing or whatever, you should do it. I don't know. I don't know. Daryl, how would you be reacting in this scenario? Because I feel like I would be going nuts. I'd be like, I got to get off this plane. <laughs> I feel just, yeah. Anyway, walk me through it. Yeah, I'll probably react the same. So I don't think in this moment, I don't think you can use like any of like the, the, or the like the TVs or, you know, the, the, those TVs that let you like watch movies or play games. I'm not sure if you can even use it at that point. No, we could. That's, oh. that's what keeps me preoccupied when I'm on the flight. Like mm. I will be watching movies the whole flight, playing games. I I could not sleep on the flight, and I couldn't even like sleep if we were just like on the ground. So it would be a nightmare for me at least. I I will have to like 
punch through people or through a window through a door just to get off. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm and like I think you. that was the most surprising part because I was expecting at least one freak out. After like hour two, I was like, someone's gonna lose it and someone's gonna get kicked off this plane, and there's just gonna be flight marshals coming on and dragging someone off. Everyone stayed silent. I was blown away. Not one person seemed to give a fuck. Everyone seemed to just like accept their fate that we were stuck here, and everyone was like super peaceful and quiet and calm. And I was wow. I was thankful for that, but I was like, you know, a little drama would be cool here. If someone gets pissed and like opens the door and jumps out the plane, that'd be kind of awesome. But nothing fun happened. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, but you're right. That is the blessing that everyone was kind of calm and the kids slept or whatever. That's like the thing that's like holy shit, because yeah. that would have made it obviously so much worse. But things always tend to go bad in like duos or trios. I find so it's never like you get the one delay or something. It's like You'll get the delay. Then you get the taxiing that's, like, ultra long. Then you get, like, the, we've got to, like, do a couple more circles around the airport before we can land because we can't, we haven't gotten, like, you know, there's all that kind of shit that goes on. So, yep. yeah. But it sounds like a, an entertaining trip, at least. So, you got some good high points there. You said they won their game, the Bills. So, that's pretty exciting. And, yep. yeah, you guys are supposed to be good this year, I think, too. We are good. Yeah. Not supposed to be. I think we you're supposed good. to be good. I don't know if you are good. I think you're supposed to be, though, for sure. You know. I don't know if you saw, so I do want to shout out the... <laughs> I don't sorry, know what I'm, I'm talking I'm about, by the way, at all, so don't fucking... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm changing subjects super fast, because I do want to shout it out. I flew home with the Series S. That thing travels awesome. Like, oh, yeah. It's so small and so compact. Had no problem getting home, hooked it all up. I was an Xbox gamer for those 10 days. I said, PlayStation who? I'm an Xbox fan. Wow, a traitor. I, I played a lot of Starfield. I played a lot of Pressure Wash or Power Wash Simulator. Earned a lot of achievements. I think I like schooled you guys on the leaderboard this month. Because oh my of gosh, that, so. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, di- I didn't even play, I think, in September, except maybe like one day of Xbox. So <laughs> I, w- I wasn't doing myself any favors because I knew I had Starfield downloaded, right? And I was like, if I start this game, it's going to like potentially injure my ability to keep cruising on Final Fantasy 16. And the game is obviously the game of the year. So like Daryl needs to just buy it already. We know that. But, you know, I was like, I can't divide focus away from that. I can't start this right. thing. So alas it will have to wait yo get on it dude come on man what what you got to get on final fantasy 16 dude you got to get after that game no i'm okay man i'm good i don't (laughs) god damn it dude max dm him okay get him on your team (laughs) make it happen (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna play it like three years from now he's gonna be like i don't know why i waited so long to play this this is my game of the year it's so good yeah it's yeah you're right but that's fine everyone will get to get to things in their own time it's all good yeah it's all good all right well very good thanks for filling us in on the vacation slugger we missed you we had fun doing that duo episode as well so hopefully it sounds like people have enjoyed that i know slugger you said you did a great episode oh thank you i did listen yeah appreciate it appreciate that very much so a couple other things we wanted to get to at the top before we get into our typical run of the show here. We got some Plaid shoutouts coming up, Patreon shoutouts. Only one question for this week, but then I think a pretty good discussion around three very cool trophy lists. But before we get to all that, quick announcement. Of course, the race has ended. If you've been participating in that over on the Discord, you would know that we have uh, closed any further submissions and we're giving the race its two-week cooldown period so that all the final scores can be tabulated and calculated. Slugger's been hard at work over there, so thank you, sir, for, for looking at that stuff. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to shout that out. So next episode, we'll be able to announce winners, and uh, we'll do some stuff in the 
in the Discord. I think it should line up perfectly. If not, if not that episode, definitely the one after. But it'll be pretty darn close. So no, next episode we should be good to announce the winner. Oh, fantastic! There you go. Love it. And then the last thing I wanted to shout out, also Discord related, is Maximum Carnage created a thread over there under the general chat where we were talking about some pretty sick shit if you ask me and he titled it the get to know me top 25 thread i believe um so basically what this was is he posted a link to a website called tops or not a link but he posted that you could go to topsters.org and you can create a top 25 list of your favorite books movies tv shows games everything really and i think you can customize it much more than that i just did the default list to be honest but this was just kind of a fun thing to shout out because people have just been posting their top 25 favorite games or whatever, however many they have thus far. And it's just been fun to see some of the diversity in the favorite games over there, ranging from really retro stuff, of course, to a lot of people having some pretty newer games on their list. And yeah, it raised a, a lot of fun discussion, I think. So I wanted to just shout that out and say you should go and check that out. Slugger, you participated in this. Do you want to just real fast read through your your list so the listeners can hear what it was yeah sure some to give you an idea behind my list i tried to do kind of like generations for me like uh like big games from my early childhood all the way to now so i do have some more recent stuff and then some stuff from when i was a teenager all the way to being a kid playing on super nintendo hell yeah so i'm gonna start at the top there's no particular order to these stop me if you want to hit on anything but i got final fantasy 16 I got some flack <laughs> for this. Uh, Just some chirps. Actually, from Mac. Yeah, from Max himself, which I was surprised because I thought Max loved the game too, but he's like, that's too recent. And I was like, yeah, I know there's some recency bias there, but I really, really did love the game. Yeah. Last of Us Part 2. I really just want to say the Last of Us series, but I had to pick one game. So, Last of Us Part 2, Spider Man, Pokemon Gold. I think Gold and Silver were way better than Red and Blue because mm. you could do both worlds in that game true speaking facts god of war yeah god of war i couldn't pick between god of war god of war ragnarok so i went with the og remake yakuza zero yakuza like a dragon so yakuza zero is the one that got me into it and i think like a dragon is probably my favorite out of all of them wow final fantasy 7 so i'm gonna get flack for this to you i said final fantasy final fantasy 7 remake and I only say that because I've never finished the OG one. Yeah, then um, I think that's I fair. Thought, that's very truthful then. Yeah. I think the remake was fantastic. And similar to Final Fantasy 16, that was one of the games that just like got its claws into me and I didn't want to touch anything else when I was going through it. Halo Master Chief Collection, this felt like cheating, but it felt like a good way to encapsulate all the Halo games because You're a Halo dirty cheater, dude. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to you, Halo is like a very, 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 well, it was more, your period with Halo seems longer, but I know like my teenage years, all I did was play Halo. Right. Halo was my jam. I was Halo super fan from Halo 1 to Halo Reach, and then I kind of dropped off after Reach. Totally, right, totally got, fair to do, you, by the way. Yeah. That's what a lot of people did. And in fact, if I was going to recommend the franchise to someone who hadn't played them, that's kind of what I would say to do is like play through that first and see how you feel. You know, if you still are like craving more and you want more, go try some of the newer stuff, but just understand it's different. Next up, I got Doom, the OG, OG Doom. Uh, I remember playing this on like my grandpa's computer when I was probably like, I don't know, seven, eight years old, probably a little too young for a game like this, but 
I this was like the first first person shooter game I ever played, and I just remember being blown away by it. Yeah, absolutely understandable. Gears of War. I could almost say the whole series, but I've only played one through three, so I don't I feel like a um another Opposer. cheater, I guess. If or not cheater, but not a true fan if I say the whole series. Uh, I would love to play through the, you know, the one through five eventually, and then judge, judgment sprinkled in there. Right. But yeah, the first Gears of War, I remember sinking so much friggin' time into that multiplayer. I thought the multiplayer was a lot of fun. Next up, I got Hades, which is my favorite roguelike. Uh, one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite soundtracks of a game, just overall great game, period. Resident Evil 7, I would say Resident Evil 7 was the first Resident Evil game that really like hooked me and I guess really opened my eyes to like what the Resident Evil franchise can be. Because uh, prior to that, my, really my only experience was a little bit of 4, but I never finished 4, and then I finished 5, but it didn't really hook me because 5 is a weird entry point with how action-focused it was. 7 was the one where I was like, holy shit, this series is terrifying. Yeah, like, this is a scary game. Um, I'm just happy to see it made its way onto your list, and because I feel like a lot of people's lists would have, if any Resident Evil game, it would be Resident Evil Four. So I feel like that's kind of like the the common answer. So it's nice to see something right. for sure. Yeah, I would I would agree. I'm glad. I really liked remake, and after playing remake, I I could see like all right, I see where a lot of people like list this as one of their favorites. Let's see. Uh, next, I had Duke Nukem 64. That was kind of similar to Doom. Just really good memories playing that growing up. I loved how friggin' like like Hollywood action action hero type of dude Duke Nukem was. And you're walking <laughs> around the bars, tipping strippers, you know, doing the shake, shake it, baby. Shake, shake it, baby. baby. Yeah, yeah, I can't do it at all, but it's just, yeah, it's rad. And again, I'm there as a nine-year-old, and I would... It was like one of those moments of spending like 20 minutes in front of the stripper, handing her cash over. and <laughs> Your mom walks in too. Like, what, is, what are you yeah. playing? Yeah, what is this? Mom walks in, you blow up the stripper with a shotgun. Like, well, I'm not doing anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just making giblets. Think, Nothing's going on yeah. over here. And they explode in, into meat and dollar bills. Oh, I, Just, I, I love the sound effects from the old Duke Nukem games. It's like, well, yeah, Duke Nukem 3D, I guess, is what I'm thinking of but I love the sound effects there. Yeah, it's such a great series. I, I wish I would make a comeback. I know they've tried a few times, and it wasn't what it was, but I think that series could come back in, in the same vein as, like, the Doom comeback. Hell yeah. Um, next up, I got World of Warcraft, which I really... Uh, that was another, like, Teenage Years games. Uh, my Teenage Years were filled with either WoW or Halo uh, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And those were like my three main games. I was obsessed with WoW. And then once I left for the military, I never really dove back into it. I tried to a few times and it just never clicked. It was never the same. I think it lost a lot of magic because mm. uh, they did a ton of updates, which made it like, I don't know, less like magical to explore the world. Like it felt very natural to explore the world. And then they started like dungeon finders and all these like UI enhancements. And it took away a lot of the fun of like, discovering new areas and like that feeling of exploring a world with other players who also don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. That's well um, said. Let's see. And then I got team fortress classic. I didn't really know like what to pick of this, but I have really fond memories of playing like team fortress 
And what was that map? Did you ever play this? I actually never pl- never played it. Have you played it, Gerald? No, I have not. So it was a Half-Life mod, I believe, or a Quake mod. I think I played the Quake mod version. And there was this, I believe it was called 245. I'm I'm going to have to fact check myself at some point. But there was this map where it was perfectly symmetrical and each team had a base. And each base was perfectly symmetrical. And in the middle was just a single bridge. And water ran under the bridge. And it was, I don't know what it was, like 5v5, 10v10, whatever. It was just capture the flag. You just had to go and invade the enemy's base and capture the flag. I spent so many freaking hours on that map. I can still, like, picture it in my head. Like, visually picture it in my head. <laughs> how to get around the map and, like, I don't know. Just an amazing game. Lots of good times on that. That was probably my first, like, multiplayer experience in a video game. And I got hooked. Nice. Let's see. I'll go through the rest of these pretty quick. Dead by Daylight. Had a lot of fun years with that uh, over the last, like, four or five years. Super Mario Galaxy. Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, those are my two favorite 3D game Mario 3D games. I couldn't pick what one I liked better, so I picked both. That's cool. I like to see that. A couple Mario games. You gotta have them yeah. on there. GTA San Andreas. I think arguably the best and my favorite Grand Theft Auto. I I remember just being like blown away with all the extra stuff you could do, which wasn't really in Grand Theft Auto up to that point. Like they had the weight system where like. If you went to a fast food place and ate a bunch of cheeseburgers to like refill your health, like your character visually got fatter and slower in the game. Oh yeah. Or you could go work out and lift weights and then he got like super strong. You could gamble. The world felt massive compared to like GTA three and GTA Vice City. Uh just a lot of like cool, like groundbreaking stuff for like open world games. And uh yeah, I think if I had to pick a favorite Grand Theft Auto it'd be San Andreas. I spent a lot of hours in that world. I couldn't pick a single Crash Bandicoot game, so I picked the Crash Collection, which is one through three. The Coward's uh, Way the Out, Remake dude. Collection. What is this, with the I MCC and the, and the Crash Collection, bro? Come on now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to commit. You got to pick one. Right. <laughs> if I got to commit to one, it'd be number three. Uh, Good choice. Was it Warp? Yes. No. Yeah, yeah Warped. Yeah. I remember... Uh, I first played that game at a buddy's house at a sleepover, and it was one of those like classic childhood tales where he didn't have a memory card. Oh. So we had to commit to beating it, playing from beginning to end, and beating it in a single sitting uh, just to see it through, because the second we turned the system off, we were losing the save. <laughs> and um, I remember we stayed up all night until the sun came up, because we, I mean, we're all, you know, third graders. We sucked at video games, like doing those levels now i'm like why did i get stuck on this why did it take us all night like i beat this in like five hours and yeah how did i not know where to go (laughs) yeah i'm moving left to right how do we get lost yeah exactly (laughs) but uh yeah good memories of like just childhood memories of that game donkey kong country 2 good co-op memories with my brother playing super nintendo on that uh i think that was the first donkey kong where you could actually play two-player um, I don't think you could do it in the original original Donkey Kong. So, and then Star Fox sixty four, mm-hmm. arguably my favorite Nintendo sixty four game. I actually didn't really click with Mario sixty four for some reason, but Star Fox was my jam, and I beat that game like hundreds of times. And I, because it was really fast to beat, and there was all these little branching paths and secret ways you could leave planets that would open up new levels. And I had a lot of fun, like discovering those secrets. 
uh, since internet forums weren't as like helpful as they are now and navigating the internet was a lot harder. So there's no way I could just like look up how to find, you know, secret planet X. I had to actually like figure it out for myself in the game. So good memories of that game. Uh, then I got Yoshi's Island, uh, arguably my favorite Super Nintendo game. That was one that just kind of gripped me. I thought it was better than Mario in every way. And then last but not least, which I'll talk about it later as well, Alien Isolation. Yes. I think Alien Isolation, I put on there because I had put it off so long, I bought it super cheap on a sale. And then, Colin, I think you were the one who was like, let's play this for a Halloween game. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm really feeling it. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. I adored that game. That game scared the shit out of me, and it terrified me. Oh, and, like, the sound design and everything about that game was just amazing. Yeah. Um, so authentic. It, like, truly yeah. felt like an alien game. And uh, that's 25. Sorry to – I rambled a little bit more than I planned to on those games, but – Well, it's your top 25 game. I mean, you know, it's hard to not. You're passionate. Everyone who makes one of these lists, you're going to be passionate about the games on it. So yeah, I, I totally so. feel you there. Yeah, I think you have some cool choices. Again, it's all about the diversity that we see – on the list. That's what I really loved like noting from people who posted stuff. I think it was Reina's list that was like very interesting where I was like, whoa, like these are some, oh, yeah, this is some, some shit that I have not and Emerson too, where like recently where I was like, man, this is like way different than a lot of other people's, you know? And of course there's yep. some similarities. But uh it seems like, you know, yeah, everyone's got like a Mario game. So it's like which one do you pick? You know, a lot of people have a Final Fantasy game, so which one is it? A lot of Zelda, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, Daryl, I know you didn't necessarily do one of these in the Discord, but I know you said you had worked a little bit on one just kind of recently. So do you want to kind of walk us through what you have for yours or just read through it? Yeah, I mean, I actually just finished it just now. Oh, hell yeah. Um, it's not finalized, but I'm sure I'll swap out some games for, you know, some other games I just happen to remember. But I, I do have something ready to go at the moment. <laughs> So um, I also have Crash, the first one. Uh, it's one of my favorite games growing up. Uh, I have an arcade game on here, Bubble Bobble. Wow, <laughs> what is that? It's like the one where you have to shoot like the um, like this different colored balls at like the uh, on like the map, and then it would like blow up like. The, the same color ball, so kind of do like a chain reaction kind of thing. Oh my gosh, yes, um, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the games I always played going to the arcade. That's awesome. Is that the one with the little cartoon dinosaurs, like baby dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this yep, is, that's the one. This is pretty cool, man. Uh, I have Pokemon Yellow. I like that one because you can choose all three <laughs> of the <laughs> OG Pokemons. That was like my favorite thing about that game is having access to like Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. That was right. always a cool thing with that game. I actually got that game for getting straight A's when I was in the eighth grade, I believe. Oh, shit. It was like my present. I was like, Mom, I got straight A's. Can I get something? And I just called out Pokemon Yellow. Ooh. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that was so nice to get the, the little gifts with the report cards if you did well. I love that. Like, yeah. even if it was just getting, like, 20 bucks or something sometimes, like, yes, <laughs> like, I got, you can buy a video <laughs> game or whatever. So fun. I mean, that's why I get good grades, so I can get repaid for them, you know? 100%. hours and books. I'm not just doing games, it for fun. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I gotta get something out of it. Durr. Exactly. Uh, next one is GTA Three. Um, this was like a big game for me because I had played uh, GTA Two, which was a lot of fun. But once I realized they're like going third person and just massive worlds, I was like, I'm getting GTA Three when it comes out. And I think that was a Christmas gift too. Uh, so it was pretty special that day, mm-hmm. playing an M-rated day on Christmas Day. Oof. Yeah, that's a big feeling. You're a big boy there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got uh, Resident Evil 1, Halo 1, mm. uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. That was a big one for me. I, I just remember uh, a lot of people talk about Metal Gear Solid um, back on PS1. So I got the chance to play Part 2 on uh, PS2, which was a lot of fun. I remember my mom like happened to watch me and she's like, why are you hiding in the locker? I'm, like, I'm hiding from the bad guy. He's walking by. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, the video games, cause she was looking at it at that time were so different back from like the video games she played in a day. Oh yeah. She had no clue what's going on. So I was like, yeah, mom, I'm like a spy. I'm hiding in this locker. Uh, it's very, it's very immersive. <laughs> The graphics are cutting edge. Can't you tell it's hyper realistic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it definitely seemed like it at uh, the time. Man. Yeah, for her, yeah. And for me it was too. Was oh like, yeah, for us, I mean. Dope. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. Got Gears of War. I got Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, the 2006 one. Ooh. Got Bioshock. The Walking Dead oh, season. Bioshock's one. so good. Oh fuck. Yep. Yeah, these are some good games, man. I, I forgot was about Walking Dead. Like proud to play these games. They're really good games. Uh, Walking Dead was probably by far my favorite. I I can't believe I forgot this game. Mm. I, I I just I just remember kind of like treating it like um like a new episode of The Walking Dead because it was episodic. It would come out like in random times of the year. So like when the first one came out, I was like, cool, I get to I get to play The Walking Dead game. Um, meet these characters and then like maybe a couple hours later it was over and then I had to wait again for episode 2 right? Um, which was cool I was always looking forward to those uh, to those games let's see Batman Arkham Asylum uh, this was a good one as well Half-Life 2 Ooh. Battlefield 3 Red Dead Redemption Dead Space Mass Effect 2 Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Great the choice. Last of Us. Outlast. What Remains of Edith Finch. Ooh. Marvel Spider-Man. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. The Witcher Wild Hunt 3. Or The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. That's my 25 at the moment. Wow, dude. Some bangers there at the end. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited. Interested that uh, Edith Finch and what was it? Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. Both of those have made your top 25. And, and with The Walking Dead, which I think is a great call out. So some, some different like slower type of games. You know, Some people would call those more like walking simulator games. But I love those. I think they're so fun. And it's funny you had that experience with The Walking Dead because I kind of stumbled upon it by accident. There was some sort of weird promotion that was going on on the Xbox 360 store where you got the first episode for free 
I don't know if it was. I don't think it was with gold. It, I mean, it must have been, but I it, I just remember being like, "What the heck? This is like not one of the games I thought I was getting, and it's free." So I got the first episode, and I was just like, "This is so sick!" And immediately just kept playing them across like two days, like back to back to back, because they'd all come out at that point. So I just got to marathon it, and then I got to do uh, like the four hundred days episode, which was DLC or whatever. Originally, it's like its own little standalone kind of chapters. And then yeah, I was really really excited for the second season but really great shout out to put telltale on there i can't i got some omissions that are maybe i i might have made my my list too too quickly in haste <laughs> well i i i did it quick as well so um i'm actually pleased with it the way it turned out but I, i'm sure i'll remember some games i actually did like a last minute change with battlefield 3 i originally had conquered saliva and reloaded Ooh. Um, I swapped that one out for Battlefield 3 because that was a little bit more special to, special to me. Battlefield 3 is great. That's the only one I've ever gotten very into. Er, that one in Battlefield 1. Those are like the only two that I've actually played with any sort of like actual good amount of time. Very cool, though, man. Very cool. I like that list a lot. I like that list a lot. So, yeah, I also partook. So I think maybe what I'll kind of do is I'll just read through like five at a time and then i'll like say a little bit about maybe if there's one in there i want to call out but yeah so at the bottom i'm gonna start in in reverse order on number 25 but i should say that i don't like i'm not entirely sure how i feel about this as with anything like this with movies or tv shows or music like depending on the day you could ask this question and it might shift let's say plus or minus like a couple slots especially when you get towards like the bottom of your list like things that are maybe like just 25 out of 25 or, you know, even like 15 through 25, there's probably a lot of like movement, but yeah. So I'll start at the bottom. Uh, so first five I've got, so number 25 is guardian heroes for the Sega Saturn. 24 is need for speed underground for the Nintendo GameCube eternal darkness, sanity requiem or sanity's requiem for the GameCube is number 23, uh, 22. I have got gears of war and 21. I got the original doom. So I think in there, like, probably the one people haven't heard of the most is either Eternal Darkness or Guardian Heroes. But Guardian Heroes was, like, this really awesome side-scrolling beat-em-up game that had a ton of playable characters, a really huge amount of enemy variety, and really, like, beautiful animations. And it had some very striking, like, sort of cutscene cinematic moments in the beginning, which weren't really, like, they weren't, like... um like CG cutscenes or anything. Obviously, it was for the Saturn, but they just had some really cinematic moments, especially with this cool gold skeleton armored guy that you see on the cover of the game. And I remember playing this game a ton. It was probably my most played game on the Sega Saturn. But the problem, as you had alluded to, Slugger, is that in your kids sometimes, I was that friend who didn't have a memory card for the Sega Saturn. So I would mm-hmm. like just play through this thing and try to get as far as I possibly could, but I, n- I don't know if I ever beat the game, but I guarantee you I put like over 100 hours into this thing, no doubt. So yeah, Guardian Heroes is one I would shout out. I don't know if you can get it on PlayStation. I don't think you can, but I believe you can actually get it on the 360, so maybe that means you could play it on the series consoles. Not 100% on that. But yeah, so that's the, hmm. the bottom five. Next up, uh, number 20, I've got... Final Fantasy 13, probably a huge contention there. That's the only Final Fantasy that is on my list, Final Fantasy 13. 19, we've got Pokemon. I put red version, but I, I definitely think, Daryl, you're correct in that yellow version is the superior version to play. I just have nostalgia for this one because this is the first one that I got as sort of the present. 
And it was weird. My parents got me red and blue version, uh, both for Christmas one year. And I was like, what do I do? What? what? <laughs> you know? And at first <laughs> I thought they were going to be like way different games, but of course they turned out to be very, very similar, but it's still fun to like, I played red version first and like, you know, you beat the game maybe, but you didn't do it very optimally. And then when I started on blue, I was like, all right, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do this shit. So that was pretty fun. And then I've got Luigi's Mansion at 18, God of War Ragnarok at 17, and Assassin's Creed 2 at 16. I picked Ragnarok. I think, I don't know. Between that and 2018, it's a toss-up, but I picked Ragnarok. And then Luigi's Mansion is just so great, the original. So I had to, had to throw that on there. Uh, number 15, or wait, is that 15? Where am I at? Yeah, 15. I've got Pikmin 1 at 14. I've got Assassin's Creed Black Flag. At 13, I've got Halo 2. 12, I've got The Last of Us Part 1. And 11, I have Skyrim. So in here, probably the weird one for people is Pikmin. I know I've talked a lot about Pikmin 4 recently on the Switch, but truly, I was a massive Pikmin fan back on the GameCube, which is always weird to say because I have not met many of these people. <laughs> there, there are literally dozens of us, <laughs> you know, who loved Pikmin. <laughs> but I, I swear I put, you know, hundreds of hours into this thing. There was one time a, a, a night when I stayed up all night playing this game with a buddy, and when we stopped playing, we'd been playing so much I was hallucinating. And I thought that I saw these little guys when we would look out the window into like his backyard, which was like woods at the time. I thought I saw these little fuckers running around. I shit you not. We both did. <laughs> and we like ran out there. I mean, we're probably, I don't know what we were, probably like nine or something. We ran out there. And, like, of course, when you get closer, it's like, oh, your brain's playing, playing tricks on you. It's actually, like, a rapper or something on the, on the ground out in the woods or whatever. But, like, I was like, oh, my God. So, anyway, Pikmin 1. Awesome game. Uh, top 10. So, number 10, I've got The Last of Us Part 2. At number 9, I've got Halo 3 ODST. Number 8, I've got Spider-Man Miles Morales instead of the 2018 one. At, uh, tw uh, sorry, number seven? Yeah, number seven, I've got Halo, Combat Evolved, the first one. And at number six, I have Dark Souls 3. Nothing really crazy there. I guess, like, The Last of Us 1 not being, or, like, The Last of Us 2, I mean, being higher than The Last of Us 1. I genuinely think that that's the better game after playing the, the first one quite a few times. And I've only played Part 2 one time, and I think, I think it left that much of an impression. So, yeah, mm -hmm. pretty cool. And Miles Morales over... 2018 i just think it's more compact it cuts out some of the stuff that maybe wasn't as fun in 2018 there's certain like sections where you play as like mary jane that's one that people always talk about because you're you're kind of like taking pictures and you're sneaking around when you're like it's a spider-man game i know that a lot of people have talked about that but it's true that's a weird thing in that game and it kind of breaks the flow i feel like miles is just more condensed <clears throat> and it's stronger because of that i put miles and then top five number five i got league of legends it's got to be up there top five game for sure Four, yep, yeah, shocker. <laughs> number, I dude, I almost put Pokemon Go on this list for sure. Uh, number four, I have Dark Dark Souls. Number three, my highest rated Halo game is Halo Three, and then number two, I have Resident Evil Two, and number one game is Resident Evil Remake. So I think both of those are just such amazing games, fantastic stories. Obviously, I love Resident Evil. Everyone knows that. I almost put Resident Evil 7 on here, too, but then I was like, there's so many of just, like, three franchises that this is kind of... I got to mix it up a bit. And ultimately, like, if I was going to go back and play an RE game just for fun that I've already platinumed, it's going to be one or two over any of the other ones. So that's where it is. What do you guys think? Anything, anything to add before we move on? I like the ones that are, like... And I think that's why I like Reina's list so much, because almost everyone you can expect, like, 
one of the big Sony franchises, Halo, Call of Duty, um, I don't know, all the typical stuff that all of us kind of hit, but it's these things like Eternal Darkness and Need for Speed Underground and the weird like offshoot ones that maybe only one or two people will have. I really like seeing those on the list because normally there's like a, a good story or reason behind like that game making someone's top 25 compared to like all these other games that would end up on a traditional like top 25 list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good picks on those. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's very tr- it's very true. Those things are what make it interesting. I'm sure, like all like honestly, we could talk for hours about all the games on the list because they're up there for a reason. They're your they're like t- you know your top twenty five favorite games. I had trouble narrowing it down. I was talking to my wife and uh, mother in law about like doing because we were like doing this and making our top twenty five TV shows, just kind of like t- chatting, or I was making uh-huh. it and like asking them for input rather and. Uh, yeah, they're like, oh, it's just like so hard to like think of like twenty five, and I was like, oh, I did this thing this morning for you know for games, and it was like I had trouble narrowing it down, <laughs> you know, like I I thought like twenty five was actually, yeah, top fifty would be much easier to do. So it's just uh, it's interesting, but we played a lot of games. So I, don't, I don't know if you saw Max's thing. He said it doesn't have to be your definitive list. I personally just shot from the hip and tried to stick to one game per franchise. Yes. So. If you stuck to that rule, I'd be really interested to see how much your list changed if you only did one game per, per franchise. Yeah. Multiple Halos, multiple Resident Evils, Multi- both Last of Us. Multiple Assassin's Creed yeah. as well. Yep. I should probably – I might redo it just for fun at some point and post it because it's, it's yeah. just cool to go through and do. Try to stick to that rule. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, guys. All right. Well, very good. Go check that thread out. <laughs> Next up, I just wanted to do some shout-outs for people in our Discord who have been earning some amazing Platinums and or 100% in recent weeks. So I'm going to go through these guys and give a little stats, and then at the end, if you guys have anything to add, feel free to chime in. So first up, we've got Reyna with Metal Slug 3, which sits at a 7.12% on PSN profiles for the PS4 version. Next, we have Lorenzo Lame, so a couple of the, the top leaders of the race, of course, in here. With uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, sits at a 7.89% on PSM profiles for the PS4. This game's been making a resurgence in the Discord, I feel like, recently. This one, yeah. the OG. Pretty cool to see. And then we have the Sly G Cooper with Resident Evil 5, which sits at a 20.87% on PSM profiles for the PS4 version. I got a shout-out of Resident Evil game. I think he's gotten this one, he said, <laughs> six times or something like that. He's platinum this game or gotten all the achievements quite a bit. Yeah. So he loves this game, for sure. Then we have Quinn1229 with Horizon Chase Turbo. Sits at a 7% on PSM profiles for the PS4. Awesome game. Awesome, awesome game. And then lastly, we have Maximum Carnage with Meet Your Maker, which sits at a 6.90% on PSM profiles for the PS5. And this one was really cool because I think one of his levels was very much discussed and, and upvoted, and a lot of people were playing it, which helped him get the Platinum. So that's pretty cool to see. I never fuck around with like forge modes or make your own level or designers in like Doom or anything, but it's pretty pretty cool to see. So you guys have anything to add, Daryl? We'll go to you first. Anything you want to shout out from these guys? Uh, Metal Slug. So I have not played three, but that was a close contender for my top twenty-five. So it's pretty cool to see uh, that up here on the uh, the shoutouts and Horizon Chase Turbo, man. That's a good one. If you haven't checked that out, that's a fun game. Um, we, When we were doing the trophy race originally with just myself, Colin, and Eli, 
that was one of our, our games for the month to play against. So fun memories there. That was a fun game for sure. Yeah, literally racing to get trophies in a racing game, <laughs> which was pretty interesting. But really fun arcade-style racing game for sure. Slugger, what about you? Any thoughts on these guys? I have PTSD from Horizon Chase Turbo. Because <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I was starting the endurance races and the tournament races when I had the lightning strike on my house last year. And uh, I don't know, for whatever reason my saves weren't auto-uploaded to the cloud on this game. And uh, when that lightning strike happened, my PS5 got fried. I got a new PS5. It was fine. But I went to immediately start this back up and realized my cloud was gone. Or my cloud save was gone. And I booted it up. No save. It's just a fresh menu. And I'm like, man, I was just getting to, like, I don't know, the really tough part. And I really don't want to waste my time going through the campaign again. So I need to get back to that. Uh, what else did I want to hit? Uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I agree. I think that's like, it's funny. I think people post Platinums and then everyone else in the Discord sees it and goes like, oh yeah, I forgot that game existed. That's in my library. And I think like, because there was a game before Mirror's Edge where this was happening. It's like someone got a Platinum and then like we had two or three shout outs in a row where it was the same game. Uh, I'm running a blank. Oh shoot. But I like that. Hmm. Yeah, go I ahead, like sorry. how that happens in the Discord. Yeah, like it, it's like a snowball effect with some of these older games. It's true. I yeah, love man. I love seeing that. There's like movements. You know, someone posts it. They're like really amped about getting the platinum in the game, and then all of a sudden, some people who have, you know, some completion percentage on it, or they've started it, or maybe they own it but never have started it. Like they go back to it, and we get this influx of activity. It's a very cool thing about trophy hunting, I think. Yeah, I know. Like I'll see people post stuff, and I always think like, oh. And it, this isn't a knock on anyone, but I'll think like, oh, if that guy can do it, I can do it. Like, right. It must not be that bad. <laughs> it's fucked um, up, dude. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. You know, you're going to hate on the Discord members like that. It's crazy. No, not skill, in a You're way. skill checking them, dude. Right here on live yeah, broadcast. Yeah, skill check, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Meet Your Maker, I really want to try out because it was the Dead by Daylight devs. But I'm, I feel like I've missed the boat on it. I don't know what it would be like going to it now when it, I don't want to say it's dying or dead, but it's just one of those games where I feel like if you don't get in early, you're at a huge disadvantage. So I feel like I missed it. Right. So I probably won't check it out, but I think that's a cool plot to have. I'm trying to see um, here what the in the last 30 days, the peak number of players on it for Steam is 128. So, so that's not good, I would say. It's not good, but I know I don't even think it's like multiplayer i think it's really just the map building which is where the multiplayer comes from right right yeah it's so, interesting i'm sure i mean the people who play it and like it obviously really like it so that you know I'm, there's, I'm sure there's a community there i just yeah. don't know how big yeah very nice but, well congratulations yeah good, to, yeah good shit guys good shit congratulations on all of the platinum slash 100 percents. well done Okay, let's get into our Patreon-submitted questions after I give a special shout-out and thank you to our Patreon supporters over there on patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast. If you like what we do and you like the show, please go ahead over there and check out the various tiers of support and the different benefits you get there. Those will be getting some slight reworks coming soon just to kind of be a little bit more descriptive, but one of the things I've been doing recently that I am enjoying doing is posting a couple minutes, you know, five minutes or something of the episode while I'm editing it. 
to the Patreon early, like two to three days early for the listeners to get a little sneak peek at something in the episode. And that's been a ton of fun. And that's Patreon only. So go and check out Patreon if you're interested in that. And with that, I want to shout out Maximum Carnage, the Sly G Cooper, Pat the Trophy Hunter, King K6969, B Down, Diego Juan, the Portland Kevin, Zachary, First Mage, Buff Cupcake, and Against Me 75. And Pat the Trophy Hunter right now, by the way, guys, is doing his one-week streamathon. So if you're interested in watching him as he was playing through some of the challenge tombs and some of the DLCs for T- Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I was watching him the other day when I was working from home. Had my phone open on the side for about an hour and a half, was checking it out. It's a good time. And I think he's going through his Deadly Obsession difficult playthrough for the game now. So go on over there and take a look. It's a ton of fun, and it goes like for eight hours during the day. So I wanted to shout that out. And with that, let's get to our only Patreon-submitted question for this week's episode. This one comes to us from the Portland Kevin. And he says, the scary season is upon us. That was a weird voice. The scary season is upon us. What are some of your scariest moments you've had in games? Daryl, I'm going to pass it to you first. What do you got for us? What what are some of the scariest things you've encountered? All right. Um, So I will say that the scariest moments I've had in the video games that I have played has to come from Outlast 2. So Outlast 2... Oh, before I even get to that, so Outlast 1 is very scary. There is a moment in the game where, like, I generally shit my pants. So there's a part where you're, like, outside of the um, the facility. You're kind of, like, in this back house, and you have to get through it to, uh, to progress the story. As soon as you open the door to exit the building... There's like this whooshing sound and you see like a apparition show up in front of you. And then right away, it just launches itself at you. And then I'm like shitting breaks, dude. I'm like, what the hell just happened? There's no way there is like a ghost at at any point in this story. (laughs) So like my first reaction was to just close the door and then hopefully it would go away. And it's weird because I feel like that's probably what most people in scary movies would do. It's just like close the door and instantly think that like, I just stopped the the being from chasing me. I'm safe in this room. Safe rooms, dude, from that's... Resident Evil. <laughs> and that that's what I thought too. I was safe. Luckily, nothing happened, but that was just like my my naive thinking. Like, oh, I'm going to close the door and I'm safe. I can stay <laughs> in here the whole time. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, that was probably like one of the scarier moments in the game for me, at least for Outlast 1. But Outlast 2 definitely takes the bag. There's some very unsettling, disturbing moments in that game that I would love to talk about with you guys if you've ever played it before. But there, there's a lot of that in this game. It's definitely a lot gorier than the first one for sure. Mm. And I think what kind of adds to the, the, the scary elements is not like the, the scare factors, but more of like the um, dimensions of like the Antichrist, the end of the world, mm. um, cults, the fanatics, you know, all the fanatics who are doing things in the name of their quote unquote God religion. And I think that's probably what scares me the most with anything like any movies i watch or maybe like any case studies out there about paranormal events is when religion is ever tied to horror because it it absolutely scares the shit out of me right because it's like 
there's this sense of like religion being like very like like a positive thing you know it's, it's like very uplifting for people but when it's like twisted and like it becomes a very unsettling thing it just like the whole thought that you have a religion just goes out the window it's like a very twisted idea of thinking about it and religion's very very big in this game because during the game there's these moments where you have flashbacks and you go to a time in your childhood which happens to be very traumatic it's at a catholic school so you can already imagine some things that are going down and some pretty crazy things go down at this school so it kind of starts off very small um you know maybe some locker doors are opening lights flickering and then as the story gets even deeper you know now there's this demon that's chasing you it's like every time i went back to the school i'm like shit this demon's gonna come i'm gonna have like these crazy moments where i'm trying to run away and there is a moment like that too where i'm running away from the demon i'm supposed to go into the bathroom but like there's no way for me to get out so the only way to go out is the way that it came in from so like i go into the bathroom stall i hide there and i'm thinking how the hell am I going to get out of here? I can't just go through the door because then the demon's going to get me. So the way you have to get out is you have to crawl. You have to crawl in between the stalls to get out. And it's very creepy because while you're doing that, the demon has already entered the bathroom and he's looking for you. But while he's looking for you, he's checking each stall. So as you're crawling behind you, you hear the stall doors just bang, bang. And I'm like, dude, I am not stopping. I am crawling my ass out of here. I am. There is no hesitation. I am crawling, I'm crawling, I'm crawling. And then it gets really freaky too once you find out the identity of the demon, which kind of ties into this whole religion thing. And it becomes very unsettling, very disturbing. And I was just like, this game is very scary. And it does a really good job at it. I had a ton of fun with this game. But it's definitely one of the scarier games I have played by far out of all the horror games I've played to this date. And that's a lot of horror games, so that's saying something for sure. If you, if you guys have the chance to play it, I would definitely check it out. But Colin, uh, you, you checked out my stream a few times when I played this game. Oh and my I think God. you've seen the part where I'm at the school. So I, I'm kind of curious, what were your thoughts when you saw the school? Because I, I, I wasn't there very long. It was at, Like I said, it was at the very beginning, so not much happens. Right. It definitely sets it up like, dude, why am I at the school? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it was interesting because I think when I caught your streams, you were doing the challenge runs. So you were, I think, either trying to go super fast or you were playing in nightmare mode. It was one of those two. And so, like, I know you kind of were, like, breezing through that area. You were super familiar with it at that point. But it definitely is disturbing. I got to that part in Dead Space 2 where there's, like, children. There's, like, the school or whatever that you encounter in that game as well. And seeing the horror twisted kind of grotesque view of like what a school would be out in a situation like that or something. It's always creepy. And like you, you know, you mentioned the religion stuff. I think that's terrifying too. Like hereditary is, is absolutely just, is <laughs> really freaky to me. Same thing with something like Midsummer, right? Where that was also like, it took a sort of pagan ritual that you could, you could interpret if you read about it as like, oh, it's like, women dancing with flowers like that's that can't be that bad right and it's like oh it's fucked <laughs> you know and it's uh yes right. so that kind of stuff is very is very scary i don't think i could play this game dude i think i i really think i would be too scared to play it especially with headphones i i did just that i i played it with the headphones 
um, which made it a hundred times scarier. And, you know, just the moments where you're in the chase with enemies. So um, it gets very, very scary because, you know, your, your body's filled with adrenaline. You're in like fight or flight mode. Um, there's a mechanic where you can look behind you, but I would never do that because I did not want to look behind me. My focus was always what's in front of me in case I needed the vault or maybe I had to press something to like open the door or anything. Like I did not want to look behind me. That was probably the scariest thing because I did not care. Like I didn't care if the person was far away from me or even behind me. It was just the thought of like, is that person still chasing me? Like that was probably the scarier thing about it. Was like I'm not looking behind me. Who, oh, who the hell would do that? No, there's absolutely no way. I mean, and that's oh my god, that's one of the things I don't mind about speedruns and horror games is because like yeah, I'm fucking scared most of the time, so I'm trying to go fast anyway. You know, <laughs> like I'm trying to just just get out of here. That was like the revelation slash breakthrough I had when I was playing The Evil Within, where I realized just going slow would and like sort of like role playing the character and like how fucking freaked out I would actually be in some of this stuff was ma- was making it worse because I was just kind of lingering in these spaces which are meant to be unsettling. And so I was like, you know what? Like, I just have to, you have to go forward. You've got to, like, push yourself to go into the, the dark room or into the whatever. You know, if you're, if you're not willing to do that, you're never going to progress in horror games. So that's what really kind of cracked it open for me. But yeah, Alas 2, it's sick platinum as well. It's 1.34% on PSM profiles, so it's super rare. Yeah. Going for that platinum was pretty scary at times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm looking at the platinum image right now is even very religious. I hadn't realized that before. Interesting. Interesting. All right, man. Well, yeah, do you have any other scary experiences you want to tell us about? Or do you want to, should we pass it to Slugger and hear what he's got today? Uh, I think that's pretty much it for me. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what Slugger's got. Right on. Slugger, what do you got for us? Um... I have, I don't know if I could pick, like, specific jump scares I had in games. It would have to be, I don't know. I guess I'm going for games I remember getting jump scared a lot and just remember being terrified, kind of like you were saying, Colin, to, like, progress, where yeah. I would, like, hype or, like, psych myself out, like, oh, no, I don't want to go down that area because something's down there. Uh, so I got a <laughs> few. I'll I'll try not to... Um hog with a bunch of games but i do want to list at least all of them sorry that's my work phone oh shit um the so the first one i want to hit let's see i want to save the best for last so i'm going to start with resident evil 7 um but this is a little weird one because i think it's only the first like three to four hours of resident evil 7 yes the whole time you're in the baker house and uh I guess maybe the second house with what's uh the mom's name? Yeah, when you're in the Marguerite in the get with Marguerite in the like old house that's kind of like yeah. flooded or whatever. That part is creepy too, but it's definitely not as creepy as I totally you know agree with you. I basically put the same thing. The first few hours of RE7 are nuts. Yeah, the so I'll name specific spots I remember being like terrified to progress. Um, that initial sequence of Jack chasing you. And you're just trying to like get out of it's like right at the beginning of the game. You're just trying to get out of the kitchen dining room area and um, and you're sneaking around and he's going up and down the hallways. And I'm like, I remember sitting there like hiding behind the couch in the living room. Like, how am I supposed to get passes? This? this is so scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck that. Oh, my and God. And then uh, 
you go you go into the Baker house and you travel through it a bit and he's chasing you and that's terrifying. I specifically remember you get to the part where it's like, all right, to progress, you got to go down into the basement. And in the basement is like the morgue. And I remember going down the steps and it's just dark down there. And I was just like, I, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. I know what's down here. Actually, I don't know what's down here. I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know whatever's down here isn't good. <laughs> and oh. I remember getting to the getting to the morgue and you have the little uh like doors you can open i'm like i really don't want to open these doors but you know something's gonna fucking happen dude yeah i have a little item or a little like ui prompt there telling me i can open these so i feel like i gotta check them out um just really the first like three or four hours of that game just total unease jump scares by jack um yeah you you're really not strong yet you don't have a lot of weapons um is that something I kind of want to hit where I think a lot of horror games fail is at some point in the middle to the end of the game, they start throwing weapons and stuff at you. And like these horror games very quickly turn into like just semi scary action games. Uh, and I think resident evil seven kind of fell for that. Yeah. Um, it was definitely scary throughout, like at the end of the game, I don't want to spoil too much if you haven't played it, but there's a ship you're exploring at one point. Like there were some parts on the ship where I, I was just totally lost and scared and I had, but the scariness there came from like the tensity of me having or me being tense because I had no ammo. My health is red. I'm like completely lost. I have no idea where I'm going. So it was a different type of like scary. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that. I mean, really, I think the mines was the only part that wasn't scary. Like the, yeah. the like the very end of the game, maybe the last, like what you would call like an hour, maybe if you're, if you're playing really slow, but yeah, cause by then you're you're used to the monsters. You have just about every weapon and item at your disposal. It's right. just escaping. Yeah, and I think it's an avoidable problem. I mean, one of the things that that game gets criticized for a lot, and it's part of why I didn't put it on my top twenty-five. I think ultimately is the enemy diversity in that game is really really low, it and is, yeah. that would have ameliorated the problem at the end of the game like so quickly if they were just like, here's a new thing. And yeah, you've got better weapons, but like it's a new environment, so that's always a plus. And you've never fought this before, or you can't fight it, or you know whatever. Like that that would have basically fixed it. But instead, they're just like, "Here's a fuck ton of molded," <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just deal with that. And you're like, "Hmm, okay." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see. That's that game. I'll leave the rest to you to talk about that when. Oh sure. Yeah, it. I'll yeah, I'll just I'll add a little bit to that. Yeah. Um, the next game I want to touch on was. The Evil Within. Um, I kind of... The same way with Resident Evil, I think the early part of that game, I was I was like pretty scared to progress. Um, part of that was like me not knowing what the hell is going on in the story. It's throwing like every horror movie trope at me with different enemy types and bosses and areas to explore. Um but there's like that very early boss, the chainsaw guy with the like box on his head, and you're having to like distract him with bottles and sneak around him. And um Yeah, I just I remember being like the scariness kinda went away pretty quick, but those first couple levels where I was still getting the hang of things, uh I just I remember being so scared. And then he would see you and it's like, Oh shit, I gotta run and you don't know where to run and you don't know what direction is, you know what way to escape and um 
that's overall just a really weird series. I I would love to go back and attempt the platinum on it and maybe play number two at some point. Mm. So I do think that's a really good game. Uh, a nice little love letter to like RE4. It plays very similar. Um, yeah, I love I love Evil Within. The the first one is very good. I yeah, second yeah. one. I've talked about it before on the show. I have I have progress in it, so I'm I'm at least going to go and beat the game. I don't know if I'm going to commit to trying to platinum it just yet. I'm not as man enough as as Daryl, you know, who who could do something <laughs> like that. I, I've never done one of those like ultra rare plats that's like really really tough. So I'm not sure if I can handle it. But yeah, it might All break. Right, I me. got. Let's see. I got three more. Uh, this one will be kind of quick. Did you guys ever play the PT demo? I did not. Did you, Daryl? Oh, so... Did. Ooh. Did that nice. scare you, Daryl? <laughs> yeah. That, that game was, scared the uh, shit out of me. That was a scary one for sure. I, I, I had watched uh, YouTubers playing that game, and I knew parts where it was going to be scary, but to actually play it myself, it, it was actually pretty scary. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Mm. I think what did it for me, I don't know what it was, but like on the PS4, the graphics in that game seemed like how what the art style for this house, like the environment you walked through, it was literally just an L-shaped hallway and it was a loop. Right. It was like because it was just a little teaser. Um, But there was lots of secrets you like you can unlock extra hallways and places to explore. But there really wasn't a lot to the game. If you knew what you were doing, you could have a beat in like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Um. But it was just this little L-shaped hallway, and you'd walk from one end to the other end. And when you go to the exit door at the end, you end up back in the first one. But things would change and be just a little different. Or sometimes you would go and the lights would be off. and uh, Or on one of the loops, you would come through the entry door after you had just exited the opposite end of the hallway. And there's like a figure standing in the hallway. Sorry, I I rambled there. Where I was going was the way (laughs) they designed this from an art standpoint and the graphics is the house looks so realistic. I remember like being blown away. I'm like, this looks like someone's like camera footage. Like, Yeah. I mean, I think it just speaks to how good that fucking engine was. Right. Cause the, yeah. they use the Fox engine for that. I think. Yeah. Just looked it up. They use the Fox engine. So dude, because so much of that game comes down to the audio, whether or not that works comes down to like the audio, the design, like the way that everything is sequenced. Cause in terms of like, designing the level it's it's an l like you said there's there's only so much you can do with like angles and how you see things but they kind of like extract the most out of that because i watched a playthrough i never played it myself but it looked insane i just i wish they would sell it dude put it back on the the store for like 20 bucks i'd buy it no question i even 20 shit they would make bank if they just dropped down there for five bucks yeah um there's some, I did, so this didn't make my list, but I played Visage last year, which seems like it was heavily inspired by PT. Okay. That was a pretty good horror game. I, I would recommend that one. I didn't have a ton of jump scares, but definitely like just the, the feeling of being uneasy and unsettled throughout the whole thing. Let's see. The last two games I actually thought of, though, were Dead by Daylight. And you're probably thinking, that's a 4v1 multiplayer. How scary can it be? It's not so much that it's scary. It's a shit ton of fun to play, but like, getting jump scared by the killer who's player controlled is like when it happens, it's so unexpected because you'll be sitting there working on like a generator or something. And there's some like killers in that game who are really good at like sneaking up on you and catching you off guard. And you'll be like <laughs> swinging the camera around, working on the generator 
and you're not hearing any heartbeats so you think you're safe and then you turn around and like like bubba's there with a fucking chainsaw on your face like about to cut you down and i so many times i've been jump scared in that game oh um, man <laughs> it, and it's really fun when it happens because it's not common um you can normally like hear the killer coming with the heartbeat um or hear them moving around or chopping people up but there's like certain perks in the game that can make the killer quiet or kind of can uh like mask where the killer is and when they're running perks like that like it's very easy to get caught off guard or like around a corner and the killer's in your face uh screamed a lot in that game oh for sure i can yeah i can imagine that being really tense uh yeah you played that right daryl yeah, I had a lot of moments where that happened to me where I'm just like nonchalantly repairing. I look one direction, I see nothing. I turn around, turn back again to that same direction where there's nobody and the killer just pops out of nowhere. I, I, I've screamed like a little girl. Yeah, it's not a scary game, but like there can be scary moments and it's a lot of fun when it happens. It really gets, because it just gets your heart racing and you get tense and it's like ah like i need to escape um so that's a fun one i highly recommend that game i think that's one of the still one of the better multiplayer games out there uh people have tried to replicate that like 4v1 formula a ton of times but i think dead by daylight does it best yeah i mean the fact that Uh, they're still around and doing so well and still providing updates is a massive testament to how well that game is done so yeah check out this segue uh, because they just added the alien to Dead by Daylight, Ooh. which leads into Alien Isolation, which yes. I think is hands down the scariest game I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking terrifying, dude. Um, I remember there's a specific point in the game. This almost feels like a spoiler, but it's not really where the aliens introduced. And up to that point, for the most part, you're safe. Uh, I didn't know that. And so for the first like hour and a half of the game, I am like moving at a snail's pace through this ship and I'm playing with headphones. The sound design in that game is amazing. Yes. Uh, You're hearing like crawling around in the vents and you're hearing like wrenches being banged on the wall from like trapped humans and just like a lot of weird stuff. Every time anything made a sound, I was jumping. And you're just crawling through this dark ship that's just stranded in space. And you know the alien's going to pop up at some point, but you like, you don't know when. Um, and that first part where it took me like an hour and a half, two hours, if you actually like speed run it, you probably get through that in like 15 minutes. But I was literally like, every time I heard something, I stopped and hid. And I'm like, I don't want to progress. I, like, I'm terrified right now. Right. Um, and then you go further on to the game. The aliens introduce he's scary as hell because he learns based off of your actions. So if you go and hide in a locker too much, the alien will learn that and start checking in lockers. So you kind of have to vary up uh, your play style because if you start to abuse different things, he'll pick up on that. Um, And you get a little sensor thing so you can sense the alien. And that thing will be like beeping like crazy and you don't know where the alien is. And he's up in the vents and you're stressed and, like so many great scary moments in that game that i wasn't expecting like i was expecting to be like tense but i think that's hands down probably the scariest game i've ever played yeah um and it it totally caught me off guard because i wasn't expecting it like if you're a horror 
horror game fan and you haven't played Alien Isolation yet, highly, highly recommend it. Daryl? Um, I actually might check it out this month. You know what? You got to do it. Dude. You would love it. You, you, this is right up your alley, like no joke. I mean, you're talking about how much you love Outlast 2. This isn't Outlast 2. It doesn't have that religious piece, but it's got that, like, it's more of a survival game than an action game, which I think is kind of the ones you prefer. Nice. Yeah. It's highly recommend. I, yeah, I, I, I would, agree. I would love for you to play it, because I, I agree with Colin. I think this game is, like, right up your alley. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a good, it's a nice, challenging platinum, but a fair platinum. Exactly. I was going to say That's the platinum cool. percentage is at 6.12%. So it's not quite an ultra rare, but it does have, you know, obviously the collectibles in the game. It's got, you have to beat it on the hardest difficulty, stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's got its challenges. I just remember being very excited to even hop into the nightmare run, which is kind of a testament. You're like, all right, I'm really enjoying playing this game. Like I, en- I enjoyed that nightmare run. It was obviously challenging, but at that point it just felt really really fun to like try to solve that puzzle of how to get through areas yeah knowing that if you got that done you could kind of cruise on the rest of the trophy cleanup i mean that's really the the thing that's the most difficult i would say so yeah good stuff good stuff i i, I mean i had a lot of the same things as you slugger i had you know jack baker in re7 one of the two quick anecdotes about that game because we've talked a lot about it already when i got the game you know you're in the beginning of the game you get out of the car you're kind of exploring outside before you go into the Baker house. This is le- legit first 10 minutes, so no spoilers there. And I see the room that I'm supposed to go into, and the lighting in the game was so, like, contrasted from being... It was basically, like, late afternoon, almost dusk outside. Yeah. But when you step into that house for the first time and that door closes, it's, like, pitch fucking black. And all of a sudden, the mood just completely changes from sort of, like you know, open and like you have this feeling of like, I could just turn back, right? I could just, whatever, I'll just go home. It doesn't matter. But taking those first steps into that room, I remember being freaked out even to do that. And that's when I was like, oh man, I might not be able to beat this game, which is why I had like a five-year gap from the first time I played it to when I went back to Platinum it. Yeah, the other moment was when you're, uh, there is someone who crawls up the stairs at you shortly after that, I'll say. And it has a very sort of like the ring or the grudge moment where you hear this thing coming from like this basement area and you go and you open the door and this thing is like crawling at you very slowly up the stairs. And I was like, holy shit, dude, (laughs) I don't don't know if I can handle this again. uh, One of the things, so it was those two things combined with Jack Baker chasing you around that really, truly scared me so much. I had to put the game down for a while. There's like a point where I was doing a puzzle and I thought I was safe, like putting an item into a, the spot it's supposed to go or like turning the clocks, you know, the hands on a clock or something equivalent to that in the main hall in that game. And he just turned me around and like, I jumped so far. Like I'm sure if someone saw me playing at the time, it would have been hilarious, but seriously, I was like, okay, I'm not even safe doing this. Like what? And it was just, he had not been around. I had not seen or heard him in a while. I thought I was very safe when I was doing this thing. And he just fucking, it scared the shit out of me. So yeah, RE7 is an awesome one. Shout out to the, alien isolation conversation of course that we had on youtube as well if you want to hear us talk more about that game on my personal youtube channel ck president there is a a round table that we did that discussed quite a bit of alien isolation and our thoughts on that game so you can go check that out and also shout out to resident evil remake on the gamecube when the zombie turns around at you 
I don't find like the initial like interaction you have with a zombie in that game. I, I don't find it very scary, of course, now. But when I was younger and playing that game, it was very frightening. And then Eternal Darkness was kind of the same thing, where that game really made an impression on me in in the uh, GameCube era. Obviously, it made my top twenty five list as well. But it just also, you know, it cemented that I really like the genre. You know, and it, it, like I've talked about, it took me a while to get to the point where I was confident enough and understood how to play them enough to like beat them and start platinuming and going for four games. But now that I've been able to do that, I'm like, okay, I really love this stuff. And uh, it remains probably my favorite genre would be like shooters and survival horror. So it's, it's right up there. Definitely. And that's what I got. So thank you, the Portland Kevin. And thank you guys for your answers to that question. We hope you enjoyed it. And the spooky season is upon us guys. It's spooktober. So I want to see some scary games being played, some scary games being talked about. Obviously, it's a weird one because it's AC Mirage and Spider-Man. We'll get to some of that stuff in a little bit. But it's, you know, not very spooky games coming out necessarily with Alan Wake 2 getting delayed into November as well. All right, very good. Well, with that, let us get into our trophy list reviews. We've each picked a trophy list for you to discuss and to go over. Lots of good games have come out recently and are coming out very soon as of the time of recording, which is October 4th right now. So... We're one day away from AC Mirage, and we're about 15 days away from Spider-Man 2, just to name a few of those things. And I'm not really sure. I don't really mind who, you know, does anyone have an inclination to, to go first for their game? Do anyone really want to go first? That's a no. I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like the games we're reviewing, I think it'd be better if you go first, Colin. Okay, very good. I will definitely go first. And as we talked about just a second ago, we're right on the precipice of AC Mirage. Tomorrow, that's the game I'm going to be discussing today. Assassin's Creed Mirage, releasing on October 5th, 2023, which was moved up a week. It originally was going to be coming out much closer, or maybe it was on the 12th. It's moved up by a few days for sure, because it was originally going to come out closer to Spider-Man and other things it would compete with this month. And based on what we know about this game, it's a shorter game, so I think it's smart to move it up and get it out of the way. And people can definitely finish this, which I'll talk about in a second here, before you get to Spider-Man 2. So it's perfect for this time. So this you know, releases tomorrow, October 5th, PS4 and PS5. The developer is Ubisoft Bordeaux, which is interesting because you would think that that's a studio that's been around for a while, right? Ubisoft Bordeaux sounds like one of their classic studios. I looked at every single... Other Assassin's Creed of the mainline, not the like spinoffs, like the ones that are the 2D side scrollers, but I looked at all the other Assassin's Creed games and none of them have been developed by Ubisoft Bordeaux. So I think this is a new team and maybe they've talked about that somewhere, but this is news to me, but I thought that was interesting. So this is a new team. And again, it's a return to an older, more simple style of play. Now we're lucky because at the time of writing this, some people have been playing this game. So I can sort of get an idea for the distribution and how hard it's going to be. But there's even a Power Picks trophy guide and roadmap up already. So just to give you some stats on this game, according to this guide, right, it's a 3 out of 10 difficulty, 20 to 25 hours. Not bad at all. There is one missable trophy, which is called You Snooze, You Lose. And I'll talk about what that is in a second here. But you can also play the game on any difficulty you want. So you can play it on easy. And there's free roam after the story. So what you really are getting here is that you have one trophy to be on the lookout for. And as long as you are aware of that going into playing the game, you're pretty much good to go to get a 20 to 25 hour Assassin's Creed Platinum. And that sounds pretty awesome to me compared to things like AC Valhalla and AC Odyssey, even to some extent Assassin's Creed Origins, which had Platinums that were at least 40 hours or 45 for Origins and then 
up to 60 and 100, respectively, with Valhalla, or sorry, with Odyssey and Valhalla. So this is a much smaller, more compact experience. And it has some pretty awesome trophies in the game. And it really points to this sort of redesign of, of AC Mirage to take it back to the older style of games. So what I mean by that, hold on one second here. I don't know why this page isn't pulling up. There we go. So what I mean by that is some of the specific kill-related trophies that you can do in the game. So there's things like kill 75 guards with throwing knives, which is called Eagle's Eye. That's a silver trophy. And the throwing knife has been something that's been a staple of the Assassin's Creed franchise for quite some time. But in addition to that, you have things like blow darts, which of course have been a staple for a while as well. You have a trophy called Sleep Tight, which is a bronze to put 10 guards to sleep with blow darts. You have got a trophy called Ambush to put or have 20, sorry, have 10 guards trigger traps. And you have another one called Up and Smoke to affect 20 guards with smoke bombs. So you kind of get what I'm saying here. There's another one, Distract 10 guards with Noisemakers called Attention Seeker. So you have all of these tools and gadgets at your disposal. And to me, that just, you know, right away is it, the game is basically through the trophy list incentivizing you to get more into this sort of weapon wheel of gadgets that you had at your disposal which you also have in the newer games, but those games have such, I think, a reliance on just core combat loops of just getting in there and kicking some ass, you know, that there's that there, these things can sometimes take a back seat as well. And this is really trying to make you experiment with those things in the trophy guide. You also have pickpocketing, which is making a return. You have an ability to blend in with crowds and you have an ability to pay people to help you reduce your wanted level and you've got the ability to take posters off the wall for reducing your wanted level as well, right? So these are all things that are that are items and, and returns to form that many Assassin's Creed fans have been calling for for a long time. And for a long time, I mean, really the last better part of a decade for Assassin's Creed has been this new open world style of game. And th that's awesome. Those games are, are great. I shouldn't say probably better of a decade. It's probably six years, right? So... You know, this is something that's truly different. And for that reason alone, right, Slugger, you and I were talking a little bit about how you're you're thinking about pre-ordering it just to, or buying it on release, even if you're not going to play it, just to support the devs and this sort of, you know, initiative. And I pre-ordered the game as well. And I'm, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to play it for a few weeks because I've got some stuff I need to do before that. But I'm very excited to get to it when I eventually do get to it. So... Yeah, let me read you a couple more trophies so you can get an idea of what I mean here. And tell me if this doesn't just sound like Assassin's Creed 1, okay? Patron of Swords, pay mercenaries five times. That's a bronze trophy. A bronze trophy for patron of industry, pay merchant groups five times. Another bronze, right? You've got blade in the crowd, assassinate ten guards while blending with the crowd. It's a fun bronze. You have a trophy called Surprise, which is a bronze for assassinating ten guards from hiding spots. You've got one called Street Cleaner, which is to hide five bodies in bales of hay, right? These are all just so, they just sing like AC1, AC2, AC, you know, Brotherhood, Revelations. Like, it's just, it's just so great. And of course, you have the trophy to synchronize all your viewpoints. You know, you've got all the stuff. You've even got a little bit of the new stuff where you have Birds of Prey, which is a bronze trophy to tag 100 guards using Enkidu. So, if and that's your eagle in this game. So if you've played any of the newer trilogy, you know how you can press up on the D-pad and you can switch your point of view to like your eagle or your falcon compatriot and you'll go and you'll tag enemies so you can see them and 
see the routes they're moving and stuff. So that makes a return in this game, which is great. I, I actually really like that part of the newer games. So it's kind of mixing, I guess, some of the old and the new. But overall, I just am very excited about the sort of ease of this trophy list. And in some ways, for me, Assassin's Creed was the thing that really got me into the idea of completing games in the first place. Like, AC2 was one of the very first games I got all the achievements for on Xbox 360. And I started to go, oh, this is pretty fun, like, getting all these. I mean, getting the feathers in that game sucks. But aside from that, it was like, this is pretty fun. You know, they're like to try to, like, really complete a game. And by game design, like, philosophies, Assassin's Creed almost always matches that up with their trophy list, where it's like, just clear the clear the map you know clear the map and you're gonna get the platinum and it's really down to the size of the map then to add that layer of complexity so just for a little bit of perspective here ac valhalla has a 13.25 percent platinum on psmp assassin's creed odyssey has a 27.92 percent on psmp origins 24.81 syndicate 17.2 Unity's 10.4, Rogue is 27, almost 26.5, right? So the point I'm trying to make here is that these are not necessarily games that are difficult to platinum by any means, and they've never historically been that way. So I'm happy to see that this list didn't change anything there. But it it is just, um, it's the quintessential game to platinum. I've always felt that way about Assassin's Creed. It's so just inherent in the way that you play the game that you're going to end up going for the trophies, so... Kind of curious if you, I mean, Daryl, are you interested in this game at all? Before I go and talk about artwork and stuff, I want to pitch it to you to see, you know, does this does this kind of sound appealing to you? How do you feel about this? Uh, so this is actually like my first time looking at the list. And I knew that a lot of people were talking about this is kind of like a return to the roots. It's definitely going back to like the first Assassin's Creed mechanics which um, is a game I absolutely enjoyed when I played it for the first time. Fun fun things you can do as an assassin. And looking at the different trophies that are related to like what you can do as an assassin, I think that's pretty cool to bring back because um, the last game that I played in the series was... Um, gosh, I'm drawing the blank. It's the, the one with the twins, the brother and the sister... Oh, Syndicate. Uh, Syndicate, there you go. Um, and fun game, but it definitely doesn't have the the old school charm that the first Assassin's Creed had. Um, it, it's really good to see that they're bringing a lot of the stuff back that you can do as an assassin. I absolutely love dropping like the money pouches on the floor and causing like a crowd to go absolutely berserk during like a chase because <laughs> it's probably like. I don't think most people use that nowadays. I don't even think that's still a mechanic in the newer games. But I, I remember stuff like that being cool. Kind of added to the whole, you know, being sneaky and kind of just like making things up on the go as a as an assassin. So I like seeing that. Now that I'm looking at the list, this is pretty cool. I don't know if I'll pick it up um, this year, but it's definitely a game that has caught my interest now because... What I enjoyed most about Assassin's Creed 1, even 2, I'm seeing a lot of that in this list. So really cool to see that. Yeah, I I agree entirely. One of the other things I was going to say as well about this list, there's only the one gold trophy for beating the game. I'm not going to mention the specific title because these are hidden trophies. So if you don't want the story aspect spoiled for you, you know, I won't do that. But 
there's only one gold trophy, which means that like even if you're someone who's just going to start it and beat the game, and then you're like, I'm going to go to something else, and I'll clean up the rest later, it, you'll still probably have a pretty good like percentage on the game at that point. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, it's also only $50. I don't know if I mentioned that, but this is not a full price sort of triple, or is it 60? It's not a full price like $70 game which is interesting as well and maybe kind of softens the blow for people that are, you know, maybe going to complain about the length of the game. Cause I'm sure for as many people that are excited about that, like, like I am, you have to imagine there's quite a few Assassin's Creed fans who became fans during origins Valhalla Odyssey. Right. And they're going to pick this up being like, Oh, I loved, you know, Odyssey and Valhalla. Those games were massive and I had so much shit to do. And they'll be like, what? There's only one city in this game. Huh? Like, what, what, what am I supposed to, like, I'm done with it in a week and a half. So, yeah, I don't know. That's something to consider, definitely. But, yeah, Slugger, what do you think about the list and AC Mirage? I think the list looks good. Like you were saying before, it, like, it, it reminds me of the, the list of old Assassin's Creed. But, and maybe that's just the game itself going back to its roots. I like um, Seeing all the different things we can do again, noisemakers, pickpockets, all the things that went away once we got to kind of the more RPG focused games. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I think like having a shorter experience after these like mega marathon experiences out of Odyssey and Origins and Valhalla, uh, I think a return to form is going to be kind of a nice change of pace. Um, yeah, and I know their plan is it, or at least it. The way they communicate it, it sounded like the plan is to alternate between like this classic AC style and then the the RPG style, which I'm totally down for um, because I do like both. But a lot of my frustration in the other open world game or the Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla is like the sneakiness, the the stabbing in the back. A lot of that stuff went away. Like it was there, but. Um, but not really. Like, you, like if I can't no. assassinate, like if I go and I assassinate someone and they just take like a third of their health bar off, I'm like, what, yeah, is, what yeah. is this? You know? Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think Valhalla got better because you could turn on like headshots, auto killed, and backstabs killed, and I had those turned on because it, I don't know, it made it more realistic. But I remember like Origins and Odyssey. It's like I would dome a guy with an arrow. And he would just, like, lose a quarter of his health. And it's like, really? And it alerts the whole base. Like, you can't even, like, properly stealth your way and clear yeah. out a base. So. And, and he's got a level above his head in the first place. He's a level 22 guard. Like, what is it? What? <laughs> what is it? What is that? <laughs> is, is he a city guard or not? You know? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's very weird. So, I'm, I'm very excited for the list. I think it's a good-looking list that kind of has you utilizing all the different tools and, you know, 100% in the game. And, uh... Excited to get the plat and get back to classic AC. Yes, sir. And I think it's important to point out, too, that I believe this game will not be criticized as much for maybe some other games that are shorter for a couple reasons. One, people have been asking for this, right, the more condensed experience. But I think more importantly, you have to consider when the game is coming out in the context of other games this year. And even things like Resident Evil 5, for tro or sorry, 4 for Trophy Hunters, took us quite a long time, right? But let's also consider that you were someone who's playing uh, Final Fantasy 16, which is over 100 hours probably, or someone mm -hmm. who was even playing Starfield on the Xbox side in the ecosystem, another 100-hour game or whatever, right? And those are both this summer, like very recent. 
And here comes this game that you can get a really fun, easy platinum in in 20 hours. I think people are going to really love it and be ready yeah. for something smaller like that. Wanted to say that as well. Uh, I guess for the artwork, just to touch on that real fast before I pass it over to you guys. Not a whole lot to say from me. And I also didn't notice a ton of either overly clever names for trophies or any sort of maybe callback or uh, uh, nods or allusions to like pop culture events or anything like that. There, there actually really wasn't some of that. I, I felt like it was just very by the books. Like this is a very uh, understandable title. Like, you know, Notorious to Notorious is a trophy title to stay at maximum notoriety for 10 minutes. Uh, silencer, destroy a hornbeard's horn bearer's horn with a throwing knife. Surprise, assassinate 10 guards from hiding spots. You know, it's nothing crazy, right? Stuff like you or I could come up with. And that's fine. It's not a big deal. And the artwork is everything has a sort of bronze hue and color tone to it. There is no differentiation in terms of the overall, like, shape or the overall, like, color of what these trophies are. The only thing I noticed is that the silver trophies in the game have two rings, like two circles like a two little tight circles around the perimeter and bronze trophies just have one circle. And then the gold trophy that's in the game does have like a bunch more calligraphy, like a much more intense art of a circle to be the outline of that thing. And then more so even with the platinum. So they do like a little variation with the geometry in the actual trophies themselves, but nothing with the color scheme. It's interesting, I guess maybe I wasn't giving enough credit. It is interesting, but it's nothing uh, to write home about. Yeah, with that, I think I'm going to pass it over to, let's see, Daryl, do you want to go next? <laughs> I feel like Daryl should go last with his. Oh, team. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Let's go to you, Slugger. I forgot. We're do that makes way more sense. What do you got for I us? I mean, I really want to hear from Daryl because I think he arguably has the best game in the list, but sure, that's why I think he should go last. I do want to shout out the artwork on Mirage before I hit my list. I noticed a lot of the recent games, they've been following this, like, all these trophies kind of look like like coins or emblems. Like they'll have the little circle. And the last three games uh, started doing that. It started with Origins and then Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla all followed the same uh, like artwork design, but with different, uh, I don't know. They all kind of different shapes, look, basically. Not different shapes, just different designs based off like the theme of the game. So the, like the Valhalla one, the coins look, they have like Nordic runes around the edge of the coins. Odyssey, they have like the wreath on the bottom of a lot of the pictures, like a Greek looking wreath. So yeah, just I don't know. They're they're at least staying consistent with the modern games, which is kind of cool. Because before that, I think trophy images in the Assassin's Creed games actually were like pictures of different things. Right. They're at least staying consistent, which I kind of like. I think it's kind of neat. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, you can know what to expect from a list. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I got Sorry, one more thing. Sorry. So I I know Colin said he didn't really see much with the cleverness behind the trophy names, but I might be reaching here. Okay. But um, no, I'm glad. I mean, you're gonna spot it if anybody. Yeah. What is it? The uh, let's see. I just had. It. Oh, riddle me this. Obtain a treasure by solving an enigma. The Riddler. Uh, uh, yeah. You're right, dude. You're right. Yep. 
I mean, I saw the Riddle Me This, but I didn't think to pair it with Enigma in the Batman context. I was just like, yeah, you're solving a puzzle. You're solving a riddle. You know, you know? <laughs> but yeah, you're totally right. I think there is the Batman thing there, which is pretty cool. Could be. I mean, the, enig- the Enigma is what's definitely selling it. Exactly. Had it not been there, I probably would have just overlooked it. Yep. No, that's a good catch, though. I am hitting. So I actually couldn't decide because Colin got my... Colin got one of the games I wanted to discuss, but he's super, he's way more hyped on AC than I am. So I let him run with it. Sorry, Daryl took, <laughs> we've already hit it. Daryl took Spider-Man 2. And I thought, I'm not going to take that from Daryl. He's been on the show longer than me. One of the OG hosts has to do like potentially game of the year. So I was torn between Mortal Kombat 1 or Lies of P or... I was looking at the crew Motorfest, but I didn't announce that to the team here. Um, and I ended up with Liza P. But if you want to know about Mortal Kombat 1, beat up a lot of guys, you get the platinum. If you want to about, know about the crew Motorfest, uh, race a lot of races and get first place in a lot of them, you'll get the platinum. And there's your re- reviews for you, or for those games. And I will dive into Liza P. So let's see, Liza P distribution of the list we got one platinum three golds 13 silvers and 26 bronzes this game came out a little bit ago a couple weeks ago on september 19th so it's been out maybe two and a half three weeks now uh the developer is round eight studios so i believe this is their first game it i couldn't find any other at least playstation games they've developed and you can grab this game on PS4, PS5, Xbox, PC. Uh, I do want to shout that this game's on Game Pass. So if you own an Xbox and anything I talk about interests you, maybe give it a go on Game Pass before you commit to the Platinum Hunt. Uh, I believe that's what I'm going to do once I get a chance to take a break from everything else I'm playing. Current stats of the game on PSN profiles, there's 4,038 owners. There's 597 Platinum Achievers already, which is, I think, pretty surprising. And that gives it a 14.78% rarity. And all of those stats come from the PS5 version. I do also want to shout, with those amount of players, or like on PSN profiles, like popular games of the week, this game's sitting at number five over... And the only things ahead of it right now are Cyberpunk, EA Sports FC 24, Mortal Kombat 1, and in Baldur's Gate 3, so um, a lot of people still playing this, checking it out. Yeah, I forgot to mention um, Baldur's Gate 3 in the Mirage discussion as well about long games that have come out recently, and people wanting oh, something yeah. shorter, so yeah. Sorry. That would have been a good list to review. Maybe we can circle back to that at some point. Yeah, I haven't really even looked at it, because I, if I play that game, I'm not even going to worry about trophies, I don't think. <laughs> it <laughs> it seems... just seems like the type of game where it'd be a nightmare to trophy hunt in. Right. There's so many different paths and things you can, I guess, like you can go and wipe out whole towns and completely change the course of the game. But Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that's the stats of the game, where we're at. Uh, if you don't know anything about this game, if you haven't been keeping up with trailers or game news, little synopsis about it. So it's a Souls-like, plays very similar to Dark Souls or any other Souls-like out there. Uh, where this game gets interesting is you play as Pinocchio. 
And this isn't your Disney Pinocchio. This dude is a badass machine-killing Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> in this universe, Pinocchio and all the other puppets in the world are really just kind of robots. So they're robot puppets. Um, and what makes Pinocchio unique is he has the ability to lie compared to all the other puppets in the world. This story, I actually didn't know this. Uh, I guess I always assumed Pinocchio was like a Disney property. It's not the Pinocchio movie from Disney. It was based on a book, uh, which this game is also based on, which is The Adventures of Pinocchio. is an 1883 novel by Carlo Collati. I probably mispronounced that, but... Uh, yeah, I think you did good. So in this game, uh, there's a the city you're in. Uh, they created these puppets, robot puppets, to help with all the menial things. Run factories, uh, sweep the streets. Really, if it's like labor, like these puppets were doing it. And they were invented by two like inventors in the universe. One of them that we all know from the Pinocchio story is Geppetto. I won't name the other one because I don't want to spoil the game too much. And all the puppets they made to make the life or lives better for everyone in the city were kind of bound. Sorry, let me back step a little bit. Uh, what powers these puppets is this like fuel source called Ergos, and that's kind of where your souls in the game comes from. Okay. Or is replaced with. Yeah, it's the cur it's the, the currency. Source. Yeah. So these puppets are powered by Ergos, and through this power source. The puppet makers, Geppetto and his other member, were able to uh, essentially control them and ensure that they don't lie and they don't attack humans and they essentially do what they're told. They're supposed to be just rule-following robots. Somewhere before the game begins, a bad guy, a mysterious like puppet master, takes control of the puppets using by i don't know how he does it i'm kind of spitballing here a little bit but he gets control of the puppets and kind of sets them free and gives the puppets free will and the puppets obviously are pissed that they've been enslaved and they go and destroy the city kill a majority of the humans the humans that are left have kind of gone crazy and pinocchio wakes up in i guess after the chaos of these events so when the game begins, uh, he kind of comes to and goes out into the city and just sees this, the city's in shambles. Buildings are on fire. Puppets are running wild and attacking you. And then you uh, meet up with Geppetto, and your story begins of like figuring out what the hell went wrong and putting a stop to it. That um, sounds dope, dude. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah. I mean, also, doesn't that remind you of iRobot, like a shit ton? It did. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. I didn't realize there was such a like a steampunk vibe to it. Like I've seen the videos, but like the story itself, like hey, it's these like old schoolish but new school robots, like steampunk robots. I think it's cool. That is very cool. But we're not here to do a game review because none of us have played it. So That's I'm right. gonna talk about trophies now. So if you go for the platinum on this game, from a lot of things I've read, I've heard mixed things. Uh, some of the reviewers are saying this game is just as hard, if not harder, than the Souls games. Other people are saying, oh, it's not that bad. You just need to adjust your play style. If I understand it right, it's very similar to Sekiro. Uh, I don't think the parry mechanics 
as heavily needed but it's also like a requirement and some of these bosses like you can't just iframe dodge out of like you have to learn to parry and you have to learn to utilize the mechanics in the game to get through this stuff and if you try and like cheese your way through bosses or brute force your way through it by dodge rolling and blocking like it's not going to happen you really have to like work with what the game gives you to make this game doable so on that note it's got a seven and a half well a lot of these trophy stats and numbers I'm throwing out there are, are all from Power Picks. You may see different things elsewhere depending on what you read. But Power Picks gave it a seven and a half difficulty out of ten. Um, there's sixteen missable trophies. So in typical Souls-like fashion, there's a lot of things you can mess up as you go through this game based off of how you interact with characters. Cert- if you kill certain people, you may lock yourself out of things. There's collectibles you may miss. And if you progress too far in the game, you may not be able to get back to the areas or the choices you make could lock you out of certain areas. So it doesn't look like you absolutely need to follow a guide, but it would be like very heavily recommended uh, if you want to get the plat as fast as possible. Tied to that as well, again, in Souls-like fashion, there's three endings to the game. Two of those endings can be done in one playthrough uh, using... Like a saves come future, so get to the end of the game right before the final boss, make a save, kill the boss, and make choice A, load your backup save, do the same thing again, make choice B. That'll get you to the ending trophies. And then the third ending, you have to make completely different choices throughout the entirety of the game, and that'll be your third ending. So let's see. Kind of a breakdown of what this list looks like and what you would have to do or for what the list looks like what you would have to do for the platinum um that first playthrough i was talking about you would have to lie your way through the whole game this game has kind of a future where like i think the lying is the evil kind of the evil choice but it gives you access to stronger weapons and then if you're doing like a truth playthrough you're kind of making like better choices but you don't get as powerful from my understanding, the more you lie, the stronger you can kick. Kind of like being, I don't know, like a Dark Force user. Right. right. Is that the right term? Star Wars fan? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a Sith. The dark side. Dark being side. A dark side user. Yeah, a Sith. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Your first playthrough, you want every chance you get, you would lie your way through the game. And that'll clean you up trophies for certain characters that are tied to lying. And being able to collect special weapons that are tied to lying. And then once you get those two endings on the lying side, your second playthrough would be a truth playthrough where you tell the truth the whole way through. You complete the rest of the character quest or like side missions and then um, collect the rest of the collectibles. And that would be your platinum. So it's very, to me, the list seems very similar to like your classic Souls game. Um, Definitely. So I'm guessing the truth or like when you lie to people, you were saying, right, it locks you out of some stuff, so that, that locks you out of side quests, so that's why you have to do it on the Truth playthrough. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, so think of, like, Souls games where you're talking to, like, an NPC, and, like, it's very vague, and you don't know the impact of what you're saying to them Yes, is going to okay. be, but if you answer incorrectly, like, it could lo- completely lock you out of that NPC's, like, uh, rewards or, like, continuing their quest line. So it's pretty similar to that depending on if you tell the truth or if you lie. Yeah. They always fucking, they speak in riddles, these people. You know what I'm saying? They, they do like double negatives and shit. Would yep. thou not forget my query? And you're like, 
I think so. I mean, what? Yes. Do I say yeah, yes I to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of the platinum review and what you'd be facing to go for the platinum. The actual list itself, I think, looks pretty bad. A little intimidating, but most Souls-like games are intimidating. Kind of a breakdown on how these trophies are laid out. There's 14 trophies related to beating uh, bosses. So that'll give you a good idea of how many bosses are in the game. Four trophies tied to max upgrading like normal weapons, special weapons, and then two different types of like equipment. One of them is a legion arm, so I imagine that's like your ranged weapon, like a pistol or something. And then activating your P organ to phase five. I don't know exactly what a P organ is, but from my understanding, I believe that's like how you can use... Well, no, I don't know that there's magic in the game, but... It's sort of it, like Sekiro, I, there's like that arm of like utility stuff yeah, that like, you can use. It's like an so equipment maybe it's like that. that'll give you like different skills. And upgrading it to phase five is essentially upgrading it to its max level. So four trophies tied to like upgrading all your stuff to its max level. Uh, we got eight trophies tied to collecting collectibles, weapons, uh, picking up certain items collecting certain items from characters let's see like we got give you some examples golden melody collect and play all records learning about emotions learn all gestures uh, veteran explorer decipher all cryptic vessels and claim the rewards end of riddles discover all trinity sanctums so there's a lot of like collectibles here and that scares me because i really don't like following a collectibles guide and i really don't like missables and this is in this game that's two two in the same so yeah eight trophies tied to collectibles i would say all eight of those are probably part of the eight missables we got six trophies tied to doing like npc quests so that's like i was saying before the you can lock yourself out of these depending if you're or depending on your choices so i that's why they say either do a full live playthrough or a full true truth playthrough because in theory if you mess up like if you keep bouncing back and forth between the two you could almost effectively miss all of those right by saying the incorrect thing to each character so if you do like the full live playthrough it knocks out like three of those trophies and if you do a full truth playthrough it knocks out the other three npc quests uh and then there's seven or so miscellaneous trophy trophies which having not played the game I assume they're just different things you can do in the world. I'm trying to find an example. One of them was like... Oh, you can play the play, piano? Yeah. Yeah. Play a piano. Uh, lie in front of this hotel crat. Repair a stargazer. Try to assemble a weapon. These may be things that just happen naturally in the game. Uh, especially considering the rarity on them are very high. They seem like early common trophies. So they may just be like story related you can't miss them but they were different because they didn't involve killing a boss and they didn't involve completing quests and they didn't involve being a collectible so they may just happen based off the story i didn't dig too much because i didn't want to spoil the game for myself uh let's see what else do i want to hit on this i guess the artwork to me i think the artwork in this game or at least on the trophies looks pretty rad uh, especially when it comes to the boss trophies. Uh, if you want to go into this game completely blind, I highly recommend not checking out the artwork because it does spoil 
what the boss looks like because really the artwork for these trophies is just a cool picture of the boss you killed okay so maybe avoid that the npc trophies all have a picture of the npc that you'd be doing quest for and then all the ones related to items kind of show the item you're looking for or they have like a visual representation of the weapon i think my favorite surprisingly because it's not normally but my favorite artwork is the platinum image which has like pinocchio but he's like i don't know he's got like the silver sheen over him and the background of these trophy of the trophy artwork is like a dark gray black so having pinocchio stand there with like it almost looks like he was covered in silver mm-hmm. uh being this like silver platinum looking trophy with this dark background uh to me it's an eye catching type of trophy uh or platinum yeah it is pretty cool looking I can't help but feel like this is giving me such big Bloodborne vibes. It's not even funny. Like just I think in that's terms what I've of seen everything. It compared to most. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Well then. Like that. Yeah. Just that like Victorian era, Victorian era like style. Right. And even in like the artwork for the trophies, it's like somehow I'd have to pull up the Bloodborne. I should probably pull that up, but for it's like reminding me of it for some reason. But uh, yeah, very cool. This game looks sweet, man. I kind of wish I just, you know, there was more time in the world. <laughs> I know. I don't know if I'll ever play this, but it looks really cool. I could see, so, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking if games craziness dies down after January, maybe we get a lull from, like, January to March. I could see squeezing this in there somewhere, especially with it being on Game Pass. I don't have to buy it. I can check it out on there. I don't have to. I could just do a blind playthrough and not really care about getting the thousand out of a thousand. I'm going to want to, and I'll probably try, but if I don't, it's less of a problem. Yeah, that's Um, a good point. I forgot about that. Do the game pass route. So I personally would like to check it out. I don't know when, but I think it's a good looking list. It kind of has you do everything. I wouldn't be too scared of the missables because like I said, the platinum rarity is already pretty high. Sitting at 16 or... I don't know what percent I said earlier. I just refreshed the page, but it's sitting at 16.01% now. So it's it's only going up the number of platinum achievers. So it can't be too bad. You guys shouldn't do it, though, because there's 666 platinum achievers on the PS5. Just leave it there. So just yeah. leave it there. You can only play the PS4 version. All right, guys? <laughs> it's wild. Also, OptiNewbie is doing a YouTube series for this game right now. Like He's doing uh, like 22 to 25-minute videos. For all oh, the perfect. achievements and collectibles and stuff, I think you're gonna end up like having to do almost two playthroughs, but you can do like one and three quarters, something like that, according to like some of the stuff I've been reading on the the like threads here. So that's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. So it's you know anyway, there's resources to make it easier. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So here's some dope stats. Earlier I said there was 597 platinum achievers, 14.78% rarity on the PS5 version. That was like. At six o'clock today, so was that about four and a half hours ago? Mm-hmm. So in that time, we've jumped from five ninety-seven platinum achievers to six hundred sixty-six. So quite a bit of people popped the plat in the last couple hours. Sixty-nine cool. of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> Six, <laughs> Sixty-nine nice. of them, in nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Uh, but Daryl, any interest in this game? Uh, looking at it, it does look pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> as you're talking about it, I'm just 
imagining I, I will have a pretty good time with this game. I really like the list. The artwork is doing it for me. I really like the uh, the different bosses that you're eventually going to encounter. Uh, they all seem pretty cool. I'm sure I'll have a hell of a time with each of them. But I, I think what I like the most out of the artwork is one called First Lie. I think it's a hidden trophy, but the uh, the artwork is pretty cool. So it's like a side frame of Pinocchio, but you see his shadow. And just like the name implies or um, it's called First Lie, you see the shadow, but his, noise, his nose is pointy. So clearly he has told a lie, um, which you have to do for the trophy. So pretty cool. Yeah, that's dope. One, so one thing I didn't mention, I meant to type this in, uh, and I just completely blanked. I wanted to hit on the review scores. Um, and I was looking now, this one I think describes the game pretty well. So I'm looking at the Steam reviews. Out of 7,506 reviews, it's rated very positive. And I've been reading a lot of things about the game where people are enjoying or saying like this is arguably the best like souls like game that's come out that's not like a from soft game hmm. but i like this guy's description because it'll give you an idea what the game's about and he says ah the famous we have bloodborne at home and i can certainly say this game deserves the title bloodborne is its main inspiration but the dev also takes in a bit of everything from the Souls series there's bloodborne's rally and dodge slash sidestep system Deku Rose Perry system, Dark Soul, Dark Souls 3's weapon art, and Dark Souls interconnected world design. Hmm. Wow. And finally, of course, the whole Souls-like formula with stamina management, dodge roll enemy attacks, stab them in the rear, the usual stuff. Uh, that being said, Liza P also has some interesting twists to spice up the gameplay. Although most of them are welcoming additions, some decisions seem to drive a lot of players away, especially those who are not die-hard Souls veterans, but still FromSoft fans. And... The title of his review was A Love Letter to Die Hard Souls Fans, A Miserable Experience for Others. So maybe wow. it might not be the best game if you haven't dipped your toes into a Souls game ever. Maybe start with the actual FromSoft games themselves. But if you're itching for more Souls actions because you like all the FromSoft stuff, this I would say this seems like a good one to check out. That's amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love that review description where it's like not for... Yeah, love letter to like actual fan. They're like older fans rather, and if you're just kind of like tangentially interested or haven't played them before, maybe less so. Because I think we take that skill set for granted of how to play those style of games. If you're not used to playing them, I don't think a lot of people are used to that much pushback when they're just trying to progress through like the main story of a game. You know, they don't expect they don't expect to fail at something multiple times. <laughs> Right. You, you know, especially in like the 3D character action space, like maybe in a platformer, but not in like, yeah, like a, an action game. So it's interesting. Uh, yeah, like you said, maybe I'll check it out on Game Pass at some point or maybe sometime next year. I hope it slows down, man, after like January or February. Yeah, I need I, it to slow down. I, I need it to like if they just had like five months of like nothing really big coming out, I'd be absolutely fine with that. <laughs> it would be amazing. All right, Daryl, take us home. What do you got for our third and final trophy list review? All right. As you've already heard earlier, I will be talking about Marvel Spider-Man 2. This year's most anticipated game for sure. There's definitely going to be talks of game of the year for sure with this game. 
So I'm very excited for this game. I'm very excited to talk about it. So um, hopefully by the end of this, you will be just as excited as me. So we'll go over the basics, the general stuff. So this game is developed by Insomniac Games, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. And it's going to be released worldwide on the PS5 exclusively let's go on october 23rd 2023 so we are going to get our hands on it in a little over two weeks time now um i'm very excited to play again as uh the web slinger peter parker and miles morales as you'll get the chance to play as both of them in this new game Woo. so uh just to kind of give you some info about the list so marvel spider-man 2 is in a way very similar to the previous two games with some minor nuances so because of that, I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between all three games because I think it's worth mentioning a lot of things that are similar and different across all three games. So because I don't want to lose you guys, I don't want to confuse you guys with all three games, <laughs> I'm just going to go over some naming conventions because I will be bouncing back and forth at um, a few points in this, this discussion. So Marvel Spider-Man 1, I'll just call that Spider-Man 1. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, I'll call that Miles Morales. And Marvel Spider-Man 2, I'll just leave it as Spider-Man 2. Just so we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. So, uh, trophy distribution. So, for Marvel Spider-Man 2, we have one plat, two golds, 17 silvers, and 22 bronzes. Which is quite a balanced list compared to when you look at the other games. So trophy distribution for Marvel's uh, Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales have been consistent across the board for both games. So Spider-Man 1 had two golds, 10 silvers, and 38 bronzes. Ooh, yeah. Same Fuck that, dude. Same for the golds and silvers. <laughs> but one, uh, one less of the bronze, so there's that 37. So I'm happy with the distribution for Spider-Man 2. There's a little bit more uh, of a balance between... The silvers and the bronzes. The golds, you know, uh, I, I wish it was a little bit higher, but I'm pleased with the 17 silvers that we're going to get instead of a huge number of bronzes. Let's go. Uh, I thought you might like that, Colin. Oh, I'm hyped on that, <laughs> dude. I'm hyped. <laughs> oh, yeah. So at the time, uh, there is currently two platinum achievers who have played this game and done everything. So it's really awesome that they got the chance to play this game early. Um, since I'm talking about Platinum Achievers, we'll go ahead and just talk about the Platinum to start things off. So the Platinum trophy name is called Dedicated, which I have to be honest, is probably an underwhelming title for this game. I was kind of expecting a little bit more, and I was kind of hoping it was kind of like going to follow the same vein as what the other two games had come out with. So Spider-Man 1 has... The platinum title will be called Be Greater. And I believe uh, Miles Morales, the platinum was B. Oh, yeah. Something. What was it? Going Be, up, uh, Be Yourself. Oh, yeah. So I was hoping that, you know, Spider Man 2 was going to do something along that, maybe like B, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But it's called Dedicated, which is kind of a, it's, it's kind of boring. I think it's a bit lazy for the title. But it ultimately redeems itself when you take a look at the Platinum artwork. So the artwork is probably like the best out of all three games and probably hands down the best out of all the games we've reviewed up to this day. Yeah, it's pretty so, sick looking. 
It is. So when you look at it, it's got the, the Spider-Man logo. And it's kind of infused in this viscous, slimy black orb with these veins sticking out of it. And it almost looks like it's a close-up shot of an eyeball. Mm -hmm. But I think what really what really gets the bag with this artwork is if you look at it very closely, and this is something I completely missed the first time I looked at this, you can see like a like a glimpse of venom in the background. Yeah, behind the yeah. in the logo. reflection. Yeah. Yeah. So when I looked at it for the first time, I'm thinking it's like, is there a face on my screen? I was like, there's somebody behind me? Like, what the hell is that? And... Sure enough, it was Venom, so really cool artwork. Uh, very cool that that's there. I'm hoping that a lot of people will just catch that um, on their own. But I totally missed it when I first uh, looked at the artwork. Well, unless you, like, zoom in, or, like, not zoom in, but unless you, like, make the image, like, the full page or whatever, it's kind of hard to see just, like, on the PSN profiles page. Because I didn't even really notice. Right. It just looks like a black circle until you zoom in more, and you're like, whoa, there's, like, texture, and, like, like you said, there's, like, the... Like the viscous look or whatever, you know, it's cool. Yep, yep. Uh, so trophy artwork, trophy artwork is um, categorized based on trophy worth. So whether the trophy is gold, silver, or bronze, there's an indication of that somewhere in the picture itself. The artwork for Spider-Man 2 kind of follows that same principle, but it changes it up a bit. So for the bronzes, there's like a blue diamond with orange artwork silver there's a purple hexagon and then for the golds there's like a layering of a blue diamond a hexagon which just combines the uh display art from the bronze and the silver trophies which is pretty cool hmm. and i gotta say probably like out of all three of those i would say the the uh the bronze trophy is probably like my most favorite because the orange Hue kind of reminds me of like if you open up a mini map and then everything's kind of just glowing and you have like your points of interest, your landmarks, stuff like that. It almost reminds me of like a mini map just being blown up and everything's like in this bright glow just so you know where everything's at. Bro, okay, hear me out here. I have a theory, okay? These things look very, the bronze trophies look very like Halloween-ish to me. You know, they look like kind of like Halloween colors when you're scrolling. So I'm like, bro, they right. know you're going to pop these first. These bronze trophies, mm. you're playing the game October 20th, right? Towards the end of the month. They want it to align with spooky season, dude. They know the hell of people are playing this game at launch. That's my theory. I mean, that, 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 that's a cool theory because when you look at it, some of them have like some masses in there. There's like a demon phase. You see Venom. Um, there's definitely, you could definitely make the argument. It's like in going in that direction. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool looking. Um, so the list itself. So like I mentioned, there's two golds for this game. Uh, so the two golds that you get in this game are for hundred percenting all the districts in the game and finishing the main story. So this is where one of those minor nuances come in. So when you look at the other two games, which also had two golds as well, Spider-Man one and Miles Morales both had two goals for completing certain things. So one of them was unlocking all the skills and 100%ing all the districts. However, for Spider-Man 2, we get a goal for completing the story, which mm. is weird because in the other two games, uh, you got a bronze for, for completing the story. So, I mean, the games didn't specifically make, made it clear that this was the trophy for finishing the main story. Uh, but Miles Morales had the, um, the trophy where you save Harlem 
and then Spider-Man 1 had the trophy where you complete Act 3. I would say those are quote-unquote like finishing the main story. Um, but here we actually get a trophy, a gold one in this case, for beating the main story, which is uh, totally different from the previous two games. Yeah, that's cool, though. I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I know that's one that we've kind of talked about. Like, you're going to give me a bronze finishing the main story and i think that's kind of like something that most sony games have kind of been going leaning towards is like giving you a bronze for completing the main story from if i remember correctly so mm -hmm. this is kind of cool treat just to have a gold just for completing this game uh let's see so story related trophies i am not sure which ones those are because if you look at the list um a lot of the list is hidden by the way but the ones that kind of stand out to me as story-related are complete this mission. And there's like a ton of those in there. But mixed in there as well are trophies that have the tracking, the trophy tracking uh, system going on. So I'm not sure if these are like, uh, you know, maybe this is like a mission you might pick up. And then over a, a handful of missions, eventually you'll pop the trophy. I'm not sure if it's like that. It kind of reminds me of like a like a the Tales of Tsushima from Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, where you meet like certain characters in the game, and then you're just doing missions for them, maybe like five or six missions before you pop the actual trophy. So, not really sure what the story rela uh, related trophies are, but we'll find out eventually. They're almost they're gonna pop automatically, so we'll know by then. Mm -hmm. And then. Uh, we get into like some of the more miscellaneous combat-related stuff. So you get trophies for attaining all gadget upgrades and suits. And the suits is also make a return because it's also been featured in the previous two games. You know, getting all the suits was one trophy that was on Spider-Man 1, Miles Morales, and now it's on Spider-Man 2, which mm. is pretty cool. Um, so you get combat-related trophies where you have to defeat 100 enemies with evolved venom and spider arm abilities. So here we get a little taste of like what we can do with both Spider-Man and uh, Spider-Men. So we can use um, a number of abilities at our disposal to take on different enemies. So it's pretty cool. The game definitely wants you to play as both characters for sure. Yeah. And... Uh, one trophy we have not seen before in the other games as well is max leveling out your character. So here we're getting a max level trophy, which happens to be level 60. Uh, so I'm sure throughout the game we're going to be playing as both uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales. I'm sure that's just going to be an accumulation of our time with both characters. I like, doubt that they're going to have you max level each character to level 60. Or each it's to 30. be... It could be that as well. I was thinking that too, because um, I feel like thirty might have been the max level in the other games. I'm not. Yeah, that's sure. what I was just thinking about. I can't remember either though. Hmm. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. If it's going to be level thirty per character or just level sixty in general, um, but we'll we'll find out. Yeah. And just like the other games, there's been a ton of things you can do on the side, so. The ones that aren't hidden are like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man uh, requests that you can do. I was a fan of these because I really like 
just being able to take a break from the main story, just hearing people call me out from the street and say, hey, Spider-Man, and, you know, I'm swinging through the city, and I just go and say, hey, what's up, what do you need from me? Or, like, I think the social media thing was pretty cool, too, like, just being able to have, like, live uh, updates on, like, hey, Spider-Man, if you're seeing this, come help me out at so-and-so. I thought those were pretty cool. Yeah, or, like, the and, uh, Jonah Jameson's like radio show calls that are you hear playing about you and stuff like that. I always loved the, yeah, the soundscape of like swinging through the city. It was pretty fun. Yeah, those were cool. Cause then it, it just, it, it can definitely catch you off guard at times. I, re, I I feel like there's like the one moment you have where it's like, yeah, Spider-Man helped me out. The one thing that, you know, that was weird about it is I thought he'd be a lot taller or he was shorter than I thought, or, you know, hmm. something weird like that. Right. Just like random. Um, but yeah, you know, you'll get stuff like that. I think the thing that I enjoyed the most um, from the Spider-Man game, Spider-Man 1 exactly, was just going around town, taking pictures, and then just getting that expanded lore on whatever you took a picture of. So there are uh, there is a trophy for completing all photo ops, so I'm sure that's going to probably be something you can do with uh, Peter Parker, just going around the city, taking pictures, stuff like that. And uh, a couple things, well, actually one. There is one trophy I'm kind of excited to look into because it seems pretty cool. It's called Soar. So the description behind that is using only your web wings, glide from the financial district to Astoria, wind tunnels are okay. Uh. So this gives me the impression that there's going to be like some sort of uh, challenge or maybe like an activity given to you where you have to like stay off the ground and get from fi the financial district to Astoria from point A to point B without touching the ground. And I think the wind tunnels are just a way where you can extend the glide. So I think that's going to be a pretty fun trophy. I don't see that being too hard, but you know, we'll, we'll see when, when we actually face it. It seems like a pretty cool trophy. Yeah. That's pretty and, rad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool. Um, I'm hoping you can. The web wings are available for both characters. Um, not sure how that's going to work out. Oh yeah, good point. It should be a fun one to go for. Should be a, a good one to go for. Just looking forward to it. You think they are? Okay. Yeah, and there was a TV spot trailer that came out yesterday, and it showed both Spider-Man with web web wings. Oh, cool! Right on. That's that's dope. All nice. right. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, lastly, but not least, I got some honorable shout outs I want to call out. So another way. So this is a secret tro trophy, but I'm not spoiling a ton here. So um, it's just a completing a mission. But the thing I want to focus on is the actual artwork. So I don't know if the inner demons are making a return. If you guys remember, these were like the main baddies in Spider-Man 1, um, kind of like the the uh, the yakuza gangsters with the the demon masks on. Oh yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure if they're making a return. I'm I'm just theorizing here. Um, it'd be pretty cool to see them. I remember them being quite a quite a huge threat in that game. Yeah, for sure. That that was a cool enemy type or cool like enemy art at least. They they looked yeah. fun to kick ass. <laughs> uh, it was fun, man. I, I remember having a blast going up against them. Uh, let's see, co-signing. So this trophy is a little bit towards the bottom. I think it's, I don't think it's a hidden trophy. Uh, so it's complete all text, text stashes. There's 10 of them. Again, the one thing I want to focus on is the artwork. So the artwork, um, 
may look like it's looking uh talking about Deadpool, but it's actually the Prowler. Yeah. So we'll get the return of the Prowler who made his appearance in Miles Morales, uh, which is pretty cool. If you know anything about the, um, the Prowler and, and stuff like that, pretty cool to see the return. Yeah, and he's and been we in... Have another... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to say, he's been in those animated movies recently, too. So like, it feels like Prowler is like a more well-known character now than he's been in a long time because he was in Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse as well. So. Yeah, at first I, I thought that was Deadpool, but then I'm like, let me look at the other lists and see if this is something pertaining to that, because that's what this list does. It kind of just hones in on like what's happened in the other games, and there's like some neat little Easter eggs in the list itself. Yeah. Um, let's see. So another one is a new adventure, Help Howard. So he's also <laughs> another returning character. This fucking man guy. just cannot keep his pigeons in order man dudes the pigeons just gotta fly it's a fucking meme be. at this point we gotta catch this guy's pigeons dude you gotta be joking me <laughs> so it, re- it is returning once again so i'm sure we'll have to help howard um find his pigeons and may- maybe that'll be the end of it for this game maybe we can finally find some closure you know <laughs> yeah uh so the next one um so i won't i'm, I'm gonna be very particular here because these are these are not hidden at all but i feel like they're gonna spoil a lot if i if i actually go over this so okay um the one that i will talk about is you know what to do i'll just I say have a theory that on this. Part. oh um I'm you know what to, to do theory is the same as mine oh interesting okay <laughs> so there's a certain thing you need to do in the game but what I really enjoy most about this is that it's also come up in the other two games in some shape or form. So um, there's a certain thing you need to do, and then you do it again in Miles Morales, and then by that point, it's like, okay, we're doing this again, and I love that the trophy title is called You Know What To Do. Mm. So by this point, you should already know what's going on. So yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool title. Description is pretty cool. So if you played all of the games up until uh, Miles Morales, and then you see this trophy, it'll be like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, dude. Wait, is and that then, the theory that you had, though, Slugger? What, what's your theory behind this? You don't think they're so, gonna do this fucking metaverse shit, or, or you know, and have them? Oh man. Okay, go ahead. Oh no. So my theory with that one is. I don't know if you guys saw, but I would say like 75% of the Spider-Man Platinum trophies I saw ended on that trophy, Mm. but it was Spider-Man standing in his underwear suit in that location. And I took that as like a snarky, like, oh, you know what to do? Like the last two games you guys have posed in this area in your underwear suits, or at least I don't know. Maybe I got a dirty mind, and that's what I was thinking. But I was like, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny if they're referencing all of people's platinum pictures there. Yeah, that is pretty hilarious. And I think a good call out because I always forget to do the thing in these type of games of like leaving the cool looking trophy for last. My plats like screenshots are just ass. <laughs> they're never like anything cool, you know. And so yeah, that's a good shout out to maybe do that for this game. And um. Yeah, so that's one of like the the trophies where it kind of ties into the previous games, and then the last one also does as well with Miles Morales, where um, the trophy is called Just Let Go, 
and the tro uh, trophy description is as Miles find the science trophy, Miles and Finn won together. So Finn's mm. a character that's introduced in Miles Morales, and you'll kind of find their find out about the relationship and how Finn's a really big character in that game. But the more important thing about it is actually the title. So the title just to let go, if you guys remember, is um actually something that was uh, uh said to Miles. So yep. Uh, if you guys don't remember that, uh, I will suggest you Slugger and Colin check that out on YouTube. It's, it's a pretty cool Easter egg. Mm. I think I know the moment, but I, I don't want to obviously say it. So, yeah, very cool. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I think this game, uh, just reviewing the list itself and looking at what the trophies are, this is going to be a piece of cake. And... If you have not heard about a new game plus trophy, that is correct because I have not mentioned it because there is no new game plus trophy on this list at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say in the Miles Morales <laughs> game as uh, the base game list, but that is not making a return for the base list for Spider-Man Two. So, uh, thank God, it could come up in a future DLC, but for now, we are safe. I have a feeling it's going to, man. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I just feel like they're going to do it. You know, they're going to add, like, a here's a new game plus trophy, and here's a beat it on the hardest difficulty trophy as, like, you know, DLC. And it's, like, going to be, like, two months after you've platinumed it or, platinumed it or something, and you're going to be like, God damn it. Like, I got <laughs> to go back to this thing. But I hope they don't, for sure. I hope they do not. Have they said? Does yeah, it be... I'm in the same boat. Do either of you guys know if they've said if they're doing DLC for this game or not? Have they, like, talked about that at all? Don't know. But not because of the team. way that um, Spider-Man 2018 ended up being, it, it could go that route. Because a lot of those DLCs are focused on, like, the supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Some of the the uh, the anti-heroes or even the villains themselves. I, I feel like Spider-Man 2 could definitely go that route. Depending on who's in the story, you know, there's a lot, there's a couple of villains we know of already, but I'm sure there's going to be some side characters that they probably want to expand the story on a bit more. Yeah, I bet you're right. Well, I mean, I know for sure I'm getting this game. I'm going to be late playing it, you know, because I'm behind. It's got to be, I'm not, I'm not going to get to stuff without finishing things. Like I still need to get separate ways squeezed in there. I need to get, you know, Mirage and then i'll get to this but whenever i get to it which will probably be november at some point i'm really excited i'm gonna buy it day one though just just to add to the sales numbers you know what i'm saying get <laughs> i think you, both you guys are gonna get this right yeah, i'll probably yeah. get a day one as well nice yeah i'm gonna get a day one but i'm gonna be in the same boat as you uh i haven't talked about it all this episode but i'm still working that a to z challenge but I'm trying, I started over and I'm trying to work it in reverse order. So I get a cool A to Z on my profile. Yep. Um, and I thought originally I can make Spider-Man 2 the S, but my worry is the DLC. Because if DLC comes out, I'm going to have to earn the DLC trophies and it's going to remove that game out of that slot. I want there to be a cool A to Z in my profile. So I'm probably going <sighs> to wait until my A to Z challenge is done. I mean, so you're okay. So you're going to also have to play n nothing with DLC, right? For this challenge. Or, and nothing with unreleased DLC, I suppose. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's it. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, but either way, very excited. You know, and with this and Mirage, I feel like they're both... These are the games we've been talking about forever, coming out in October. They both have good lists, and they're both relatively short lists, it seems like. Something like 20 to 30 hours for each of them. 
which is perfect. I'm really, really excited about that. So very hyped, very hyped. Anything to add, guys, before we close up shop? No, the well, yes. What I want to add, you're talking about trophies to end platinums on. I want home run to be my final trophy in that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I should make it helping Howard. That should be my final uh, trophy. I don't think there's really a, a spoiler there, but home run you get for rounding the bases at the Big Apple Baller Stadium. So I want my platinum image to be Spider Man touching home plate. <laughs> Sliding into nice. home with with underwear on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, very good, guys. Thank you very much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. And thank you for bringing these lists to discuss. Lots of cool things. I mean, they're bigger games, you know, not necessarily any indie titles this year. But I was interested to hear about, or sorry, this uh, this episode. But I was interested to hear about Lies of P. That's one I had been curious on. And it sounds very intriguing. So thank you very much, guys. And that is going to do it for us here in episode 85. We'll be back in a few weeks' time for one more episode in the spooky season of what we have been playing. I'm really hoping to get to my separate ways playthroughs for that discussion. I think I should be able to because talking to Max, I'm pretty close to the end of FF16. I think I'm uh I'm at the final big thing. You know, I got all I've got all the uh I've got all the abilities I can get from others. We'll say that. Yeah. Okay, so I think I'm I'm coming up on it, but I do know the game dumps a bunch of side quests on you right at the end. So that's oh, going to that's going to slow me down for sure. But either way, I'm excited. The game's awesome. So with that, guys, if you want to get a hold of me anywhere, you can find me at CK Present on Twitch, YouTube, Discord, PSN profiles, etc., etc. But Daryl, where can people get in touch with you if they want to chirp at you, shoot you some knowledge? Yeah, you can find me on Discord, PlayStation profiles, PSN, uh, native. And yeah, you can find me there at the Tulsa Mug Guy. Right on. Slugger, what about you? Where can people get in touch with you? PlayStation Net- Network, uh, PSM Profiles, and Discord. I'm SluggerJD. I'm on X or Twitter as Slugger underscore JD. And I recently changed my Xbox profile to sort of match. SluggerJD was taken, but I got SluggerJDD. So a double D at the end. Very nice, sir. Very nice. I like the consistency there. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you made it this far, we really appreciate the support, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Like I said, we'll be back in a few weeks' time to talk about what we've been playing. Until then, happy gaming. Enjoy AC Mirage and Lies of P, and soon to be Spider-Man 2. Take care, and goodbye.